Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 38. In this episode, my friends and I talk about how we read our Bibles, why to read the Bible, as well as a little bit of history and philosophy behind Bible reading itself. So if that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Well, hello there. Hey. Hey. What's up? I don't like that. I don't like this. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Suck. Take two. I didn't like that. How's take. everybody doing? Nope. Nope. Here we are. No, I, I was just we're saying not it's redoing we're not redoing it. We're not redoing this. Come no. on, Eric. I'm just, I was saying how it sounded. How, uh, how is everybody? Yes, that's a good question. How is everyone? How is everyone? I I don't understand. How are you? This is the same question keeps Daniel. getting asked. I'm not sure what... I'm doing good, I think. It's been a while, Daniel. It has been. The it plurality has been. I think is it's well. the first time I called you Daniel. Oh, I moved. Do you like just Dan or Daniel? No, he so prefers Daniel. Daniel. So the subject of Definitely. this podcast is, do I right? prefer Daniel? That was my Daniel? reaction. Wow, you prefer Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> I don't mind Dan. Or like Daniel, as they say it in the Hebrew. That's not how they say it in the Hebrew. <laughs> That's very close to how they say it in the how Hebrew. How do they say it in the Hebrew? Uh, it'd be Daniel. Donnie L. Yeah. Uh, Do you want that? Oh, or Donnie Gentile L. Daniel. Well, I'll just take, I'll just take the Gentile. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to cause any like Judaizing stuff going on. Mm. What about Hellenizing? Are you okay with Helena? How do the Greeks say it? I don't know. I, it's Daniello. Miguel, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, I am doing well. It'll be a long work. Do you week, prefer Miguel or well. Meg? <laughs> Mig. 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 Like Mig. the Russian fighter. That's good. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Or like the welding technique. Mig tau. Or yeah, Mig welding. No, TIG welding. It's Mig. Is there also TIG welding? I don't know. <laughs> I've always heard it as Mig. Oh. Is it TIG? Now that now we're just oh, <laughs> welders, reach yeah. out to us yeah. and uh tell us. I thought it was TIG, but I've been wronger before. Are there types of welding or welding companies? No, no different types. types, like different styles. Tack, tack oh. welding, yeah. MIG welding. I just know arc welding. Arc arc underwater welding. welding. Yeah. Oh. Um, under welding. Under welding. <laughs> like this conversation. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how Miguel's doing. Eric, how are you? Doing We're just going to make fun of everyone's names and then... Good luck with Eric. I don't know. I was going to say, do you prefer Eric or er? <laughs> or just eh. <laughs> Yeah, I think eh is pretty good. Or Rick. Easy E. Ooh. Rick. Yeah. I knew an Eric that went My by names Rick. Not I had like Rick. a phase in like second grade because we looked up nicknames for our names and mm-hmm. like people should call me Rick. Mm-hmm. And I realized this is not worth it. It's one of the best of the let me shorten your name by dropping out one little letter. Just Yeah. There it does we go. Make a lot it of one syllable instead of two. That's true. I will say a nickname wherein you lose your first initial is not a good nickname. I don't mm. know if there's a good one, you know, right? Like, like, like when Richard Ravis. gets turned into Dick. Yeah, I know someone that like goes I just, by Dick. And I'm like, I don't, or or like when William turns into Bill. It's like just just Will. Why not just Will? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know get we got that. Bill. Like, so, are there so, Billiams? Supposedly, the French it's because is Guy. Really? William is Guy. No, Will is Guy. Will is Guy. And then the William is uh, Gilliam. It's with a G. No, huh. yeah, lying to me. I could see that with the with the way that. Is that like Guillermo? Well, that's Italian. Yeah. But I'm saying, is, oh, is that, that like... Italian or Spanish? I think it's Italian. It's Spanish, because oh. Guillermo del Toro is... It's definitely Mexican. Yeah. Mexican. <laughs> but I could see, <laughs> that. I could see that with Spanish. the way the consonants shift. Like, you yeah. get the... 
uh, the to fa. They're very similar, like the way that you use your uh, the way that your uh, filium. Uh, one time, like uh, father to va- um, father, father, and then pa to fa. Those are very similar sounding. But how is William becoming Gilliam? Wa ga wa. Ah, no, yeah, that's right. There's one more g in the back of the throat. Maybe it's like a, sh- a soft g. Is there a Spanish version of William? I thought it was Guillermo. No, but I'm saying, is there like a more intuitive, like, oh, if you're William and you go to Spain, they call you William. Billy. Mira, Billy. Come here. Oh. Okay, that's just wow. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a great, like, that's a great Spaniard accent you got over there. <laughs> you got Wilhelm in German. Wilhelm, yeah. Gilhelm. Gilhelm. Gilhelm in the French. Guillermo. Guillermo. Elmo, St. Elmo's Fire. I would look this up. I don't have a phone, but I do wonder what William... No rails. Zero rails. We are off the rails. Yeah. Crazy train. This, but I'm okay with this. I'll be out of one. Mm. No, I don't want to keep going. Of, this is a stream of consciousness. We've <laughs> got a real stream of consciousness thing That's going why on. at the beginning we asked the plurality. How is yeah. everyone? Yeah. yeah. Because it's just... knows <clears throat> everything in the world. So, uh, we got a topic. Maybe Tell us a, about it. We a, haven't what? done any uh, research on it, but uh, we're going to talk about how to read. Full stop. How to read, yeah. It's actually a good the, a, the goals of third grade reading level. Yeah. A says ah. Ah, ah, ah. We're going to do we're gonna talk about uh, how to read the Bible. Okay. In 10 days. How to lose a Bible in 10 days. <laughs> How to lose a guy in ten days? Uh, no, just how to read the Bible in general. In <laughs> so, um, let's let's start with this. Good thing. Uh, reading yeah. the Bible, <laughs> reading the Bible, beneficial or not so much? What's our first take? I think both. before we Google it. Ooh, really? Yeah, because of guy Daniel. Because, I'm with Daniel here. because the scriptures say that the that the word and when it's preached has the effect of either. Um, softening the heart and leading oh. to repentance to those who believe and those who disbelieve, it it uh, hardens unto judgment. Ooh, Eric thought that he was going to get away with being lazy, but Daniel <laughs> no. was just being a Calvinist. <laughs> no, 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 it has nothing to do with uh, laziness. That's not the I didn't. That's not where I was going to go. But I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where were you going? I'm curious now. Uh, yeah. Well, this is nothing. <laughs> See, now I really want to know. That reading the Bible can sometimes obfuscate one's uh, perspective and cause them to be less wise in their interactions with the world. Well, this goes back to what we're saying. So I don't want to get there yet, but mm-hmm. how to read the Bible, mm-hmm. because I think that if you don't know how to read the Bible, then reading it too much will become mm-hmm. problematic. Or reading it in the wrong way exactly. can be damaging. Uh, like alphabetically well not like not like that but like misunderstanding or misreading scripture has led to that's where i was and led to to some damaging situations so it's not as straightforward as just opening it reading it and accepting whatever you feel like the the meaning is is going to naturally be good or close or what god means um because if you're just going (laughs) okay i'm reading this and this is what i feel like it means and therefore now it's true and it's It's jesus and me right yeah I, I look at the word and then I <coughs> ask the spirit to tell me what that means and then I go start a cult. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard too often the, oh, like when you're struggling and, you know, like you just don't want to read the Bible, like just open up the Bible, flip to a page and read and like mm. let that be the word of God. And I'm like, mm. oh boy, <laughs> I don't want to say no to that. But at the same time, like 
you need to no. add a lot more to that sentence yeah. and not just mm-hmm. add a full stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I t- that's what I would uh, I agree with. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know how uh, mm-hmm. where you want to start with how. Start with Genesis. Okay, so how about this? Um, <laughs> all right, all 66 tonight. How yeah. about this? Do we want to start and go around and say like what our current level of interaction with the word is? Or would we not sure. want to do that? A little no transparency. Yeah. I'll, I'll go last. I'll go first. There we there go. You go. Now, now, now we have a... <laughs> well, now we have a, we got a circle. circle. Now, now we have we a pecking order. So it's um, Eric. Oh. And I don't, I don't mean this in like... I mean this genuinely. <laughs> I don't mean this in like the, you know, kind of cliche, pious way of saying it. But it's not as much as I want it to be right now. Mm. I want to be digging in deeper than I currently am. <clears throat> Um, but all that to say, what I'm working through right now is, um, uh, I had started reading through Proverbs and it mm-hmm. coincided that we're, we're doing Proverbs, uh, in our, at our church on Sunday morning, we're, we're going through Proverbs, but I'm reading through, trying to go slower through it so that I can pick more up mm-hmm. and I'm not just like mm-hmm. rocketing through it since it is a book that's more for meditation. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I just <clears throat> recently started, I'm trying this, uh, cause I, cause I was thinking this, this weekend about wanting to be a lot more. Uh, or having a lot more regularity in the word is what I'll say versus mm-hmm. like just saying you know be in the word more like what that means like having a more right routine mm-hmm. time that I'm spending in the word and so I'm, I'm my goal is to after the monastics yeah like the yeah. rhythm the yeah. rhythm um, of uh, scheduling it out so for on I'm trying to do as a uh, uh, relaxing kind of Lord's Day practice <clears throat> reading through a New Testament epistle Ooh. Just sitting down and reading Every through, start day. yeah, start to finish. So I did uh, Philemon this last past Lord's Day, which was good um, to start it's on. It's a great place to start, yeah. But it's a it's such it's a like rich 20 text. Twenty verses. Yeah, it's right? very short. It's such very a rich text. Good, um, but I mean, I'm like, it's not. It, it sounds like lofty, but with the with even the longest epistles, it does not take. I think maybe an hour max. To yeah. Get, to go start to finish, it doesn't take much, and I think there's, and maybe we'll, the, I'll allude to this week too, because I think this is something we should we should get into. It allows for you to see more context when you're seeing mm-hmm. start to finish mm-hmm. and you're not just going yeah. slowly chapter by chapter. You're yeah. reading the entire letter as it was read to the churches. Yeah. Like when uh, Paul wrote to the Romans, <clears throat> they stood up and they read the yeah. letter yeah. as a letter, as a, mm-hmm. as a, a singular <clears throat> singular literary unit. So I'm hoping that, that continues and if anyone in this room would be kind enough to keep me accountable on the Sunday morning plan, I would appreciate that. Dope, yeah. yeah. I'd love to. Uh, there was a Sunday at a church that I was at believe I would have been like 22 years old and I was kind of on staff there I was kind of just helping out and it was one of those things where like you're expected to if they just say hey uh we need you to preach tonight and Mm -hmm. it's like 30 minutes before service you're expected Mm -hmm. to just have something in the holster and uh I typically this is a bad thing but I could I was typically like glib enough that I could just kind of get up there Mm -hmm. read a text um and kind of you know charisma my way through not charisma but like you know say enough things that are true and broad that it didn't really matter that i had not spent that much time in the text which is a very bad thing yeah Um, you have enough knowledge to be dangerous yeah exactly (laughs) exactly um but i remember that started to bother me and so there was one sunday where they asked me to do it and i was like i'm just gonna get up there and i'm i'm gonna read second corinthians and so that's what i did and like this was a king james church too so it Hmm. really made it plain how Hmm. Uh, inaccessible that language sometimes makes our 
scriptures. Mm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think the idea of reading through an epistle on mm-hmm. the Lord's Day is mm-hmm. admirable. Neato. Yeah. Yeah. And then Proverbs. What are you trying to do? Like a chapter a day or something? That's or? what I'm shooting for. Nice. Um, but not necessarily I love like the book of Proverbs, man. Not necessarily like <clears throat> I did chapter two yesterday, and so I'm gonna do chapter three. Not like that order. Like yeah. I, each day, I might do a couple days of I'm gonna reread through chapter three. Nice. I'm gonna reread through yeah. chapter five again to try yeah. to get um, just go slow. Yeah, because I'm not. It. My goal is not to just get through the book of Proverbs, but to like slowly kind of sift sift through it. Because I feel like especially when you get past like chapter ten, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> just thirty disjointed thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll get three in a row that are thematic, but then it's like now I'm gonna talk about marriage, mm-hmm. and now. No, like no how you further. treat your yeah. pets. <laughs> yeah, so it's less of a work to kind of get through and more of these little things. And I, I feel like yeah. there's it's so ripe for memory verses too. So I'm trying yeah. to work that that side of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Dope. Yeah, so uh, I'm generally, you know, in all honesty, I, I haven't had a routine. Um, so I'm I'm generally about twice a week, um, and when I have the time, you know, in that I do a proverb. And uh, the way I pick the proverb is I, whatever day of the mm-hmm. month it is, mm-hmm. I do that proverb. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when I had a routine, obviously, <clears throat> then like I was doing one proverb after mm-hmm. the other. Um, and then lately, I've been trying to get through minor prophets. Mm. Um, mm. That's speaking to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, candidly, it's something that I actually haven't like. I can confidently say I haven't read all of the minor, all of all of the minor prophets. You haven't finished yeah. the Book of the Twelve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, um, generally in, like, the two, the two times a week, one of them is, like, sit down, then, like, mm-hmm. a study, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, hey, we talked that, or we, we talked about that in church, like, I want to go in and mm-hmm. dig in and, and look that up, when I kind of have the freedom of my own time and my own thought mm-hmm. process, versus, like, mm-hmm. oh, snap, we're on, we're talking about something, like, follow along. Um, and then one is generally like that, that Proverbs and, and Minor Prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you watch the Bible Project videos when you'll do a Minor Prophet? I, I, I'll listen to them when I'm those are, driving. Those are so helpful even for me. They're like, okay, here's the king that was reigning, or the kings, and like, here's how they sucked. Yeah. Like, particularly how this one sucked and how this one sucked. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was in the Northern Kingdom, and he also talked about Edom, and here's some stuff about mm-hmm. Edom. And, those yeah, are the ones just that are that's, illustrated, right? Yeah. 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 I actually, so helpful. I throw them on and I put them in my cup holder, so like I don't watch them. Mm-hmm. But um, even so still, just the I, there the are audio, t- things yeah. that I miss. Yeah. Um, because I know like they do a really great job of like like panning back and, and yeah. all this stuff, so I lose some of that. But like yeah, especially when I start a minor prophet, mm-hmm. um, I either try to make sure that I've done one of those or um, have like a small like Bible guide that's like when was it written, uh-huh. who's yeah. who wrote it, like a study Bible what's type the general, of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. Yeah you know, 52 pages for the 50, not 52 books, but, yeah. um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so that's it, I've been, I've been trying to find, kind of like what you were saying, Dan, like a time that it can mm-hmm. just be, like, super regular into mm-hmm. it, and so that, like, when it's like, oh, like, we mentioned that in church, like, I want to go over that more, mm-hmm. um, what I really am, um, kind of basking in is the freedom that I've had in not having a plan of just really chewing on stuff more mm-hmm. through the day mm-hmm. um where like i found like when i was on like a i don't want to say strict plan but like i was like all right i'm reading every day like this is what i'm reading mm-hmm. um you know i maybe 
thought about it for like a little bit the next morning but then i was like okay well today i'm reading this Mm -hmm. um now i'm like oh you know i I looked that up two three days ago and i'm still thinking about i'm still Mm -hmm. turning it over Mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm enjoying that but i'm definitely missing the Mm. frequency Mm -hmm. of being in the word at the same time so like i want to find a nice balance Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. but you are attending to the preaching of the word on sunday yeah that's huge yeah Yeah, that that's some that's something that i got convicted on i think early in my conversion was like oh you know what like i there are bad churches Mm. (laughs) and Mm. bad churches still use good scripture Mm. Mm. uh i you know i want to i don't want to just take you know you know someone at their word because they're Mm -hmm. standing in front of me with a verse on the screen going that's what it means yeah i want to sit down and say okay well what's the context before what's the context mm-hmm. after what's the context of the era mm-hmm. uh, and i think that all that goes into yeah how to read the bible and we i yeah. don't want to jump ahead of us so i want to give mm-hmm. eric his turn mm-hmm. oh um right now is like several times a week mm-hmm. um not necessarily sticking to a, a book in particular but more of topics mm-hmm. and doing research i think what i would like to do though is more meditate on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm the word because you know like i've i've read let's i think the most recent full epistle that i've read is like first corinthians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it is great the way that you can get the context yeah. and see you know the transition and all that stuff but even like because they're not really long pieces of work like mm-hmm. corinthians is 15 chapters but still not like relatively not long. chapters like in a novel where yeah, it's yeah. like 15 pages a chapter yeah. or whatever but it's yeah. dense yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's like I don't remember everything. Yeah. So it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of hard uh, that way, but it's it's more like meditating so that you can also apply. Like I want it to shape me. Yeah. 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 I don't want it to just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're not just observing it. details. Yeah. Just, yeah. It goes beyond that. Yeah. Uh, I already think about things a lot, anyways, like the scripture and things like that, mm-hmm. and you know that's good and it's on its own, but um, I. I don't know, it's like I don't want to be so narrow on the focuses mm-hmm. that that I just tend to have. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I also don't, I you know, when you go to Bible college, which three out of the four of us have, right? Cause, I don't no, know, I did not go okay. to Bible college. Okay, good. Uh, well, good. Not, good. I'm just good. saying, like, oh. I remembered correctly. <laughs> but, um, exclude me, wait a <laughs> But, uh, like... It's okay. <laughs> My experience. Yeah, uh, I think you... Dan had a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> but you read a lot of those books, anyways. Like I've yeah. read all the minor prophets, yes. right. and I don't mm-hmm. remember. It's great when that's your assigned reading. It's yeah. like come mm-hmm. back having read Zephaniah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna round table it. Uh, so like I've I've done a lot of reading throughout my life of the books, but mm-hmm. you know it's like I don't think that that matters as much as chewing on it. Yeah, uh, like chewing right. on it and stuff. So, yeah, that's just where I'm. Where yeah. I'm at right now. I I would love one of the things that <clears throat> I feel like if I was uh, full time at the church, one of the things I'd love to do is once a month get together, and I would say with the youth, but honestly, anyone in the church who would want to come, and we would just get together. I would have printed out copies of an epistle. And we would read through it slowly and kind of like discuss as we go. But like have it, have, you know, have printed out copies of Ephesians, you know. And I would probably include like the chapter and verse uh, markings and everything. 
um, and then have maybe logos or something that I could put up on the, the logos. I could put up on the projector logos, and do right. do some uh, do some. You have that? I don't, but I know the church does. I do want to get that. That's yeah, expensive. Right? It's a thousand dollars. It's pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that for the software. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the package you get, yeah. but it's pricey. Yeah. So, um, and just have that mm-hmm. up there for, for like word study stuff, you know, just to, to be able to look at some <laughs> of the grammar and the syntax and everything and hand out like highlighters and pens for, for people to mark up their, their copies of it and draw connecting lines like, oh, this, this refers back to this thing and just kind of have a way to kind of make it their own. I'd really, I would really love to do that once a month and that would start be like off a good secret church or something. Like yeah. That's actually what I was thinking about doing is, um, like you're talking about Platt. Like what he's talked about mm-hmm. him with uh, Secret Church, um, a little bit above me there. But well, I mean, he's he's just the guy that I heard that from yeah. that phrase of Secret Church. But uh, you know, maybe do Ephesians and then maybe do like Philippians and maybe do something, uh, you know, maybe a little bit longer. Like maybe do Romans, you know, and and you'd cool. be in there for a long time, but you'd be it, it's it's like it's like being in labor, you know, like there's this arduous task of like you have all this stuff that's set before you but at at the end like you've been so enriched and you've been so um so blessed by interacting with the word so i'm i'm with you uh eric when it comes to like i want to be mm-hmm. meditative in my reading and uh, especially i i'm reading i'm reading through proverbs right now as well but as far as like my my daily reading i'm going through romans and i'm just doing a chapter a day mm-hmm. and we're going we're actually going to go through all of paul's epistles and we're just doing one chapter a day and it's like you know if if there's a if there's this great stake in front of you you can just kind of horf it down and just chew it and then go on and like you know it'll it'll still nourish you and it'll mm-hmm. give you the strength that you need to get through your day but it's like just taking time to pause and like savor each bite and um just i i feel like it's cliche but i never get tired of that just kind of slowly working mm-hmm. your way through like the justification mm-hmm. of Abraham or, um, you know, when, when you get to the part where Paul's talking about his own kind of experience with struggling against sin and it's like, man, this mm. is so, it's so beautiful. It's mm-hmm. so theological. It's so academic. It's so practical. It's so mm-hmm. like just nourishing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that is, that's really my, my daily reading. And I always try to keep, I feel like one, maybe not one whole foot, but like maybe just keep a toe in the Proverbs. I want to always be, um, linked mm-hmm. in some way, even if it's just like you read a handful of them or, or even just one of them a day. Um, I've heard before about families that, um, you know, they, they'll read the Bible with their kids at the breakfast table in the morning and that's kind of their wow. family <clears throat> interacting with the word and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll ask some follow-up questions, you know, maybe read, you know, 12 verses from the Sermon on the Mount and like your goal is that you're going through a book of the Bible, um, mm-hmm. But you just read it and you ask some questions and just, you know, dialogue a little bit about it. But I've always thought, like, how cool would it be if you could have, as part of a family devotion, just, like, one proverb and just talk about mm-hmm. that one. Because one proverb, you can get probably, like, two minutes of yeah of just constant talking or dialogue out of. Yeah. Um, they're so dense, you know. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I know... It, the Latin is like lectio continua, Le- uh, for right what? for like reading through the Bible constantly yes. and like reading it uh, every year. Um, I think that's what a lot of people try to do is like try to get through the Bible once a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done that before, 
a handful of times. And I remember when I was 21, there was a pastor that I actually didn't respect that much. Um, and I still don't like a lot of his theology, but he just said something about like, when it comes to your reading with the word, like, what's the rush? You have the rest of your life to read one book and like, mm-hmm. don't just read it once over the course of your life. But like, whether you read it a hundred times or whether you read it 10 times deeply and thoughtfully, mm-hmm. like just don't, don't try to rush through it just so you can say, okay, thank God I got through the Bible again this year. Okay. I got mm. through it again this year. Okay. I got, and it's like, you're just kind of checking off boxes. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to spend, you know, I, I don't want to just breeze through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something that I've been thinking of, of, you know, growing up the, the kind of the, the general answer and churches, you know, read your Bible more, read your Bible daily, read your Bible this much. Pray more. And that, not that the, that's a, a bad thing, but I feel like it kind of programs you to this idea, or it can, it can, it can potentially lead to programming you to this idea of, you know, you're going in, you're reading it to check it off, and you're not really paying attention when you read yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you you know, you're going in there, you're thinking the that the act of reading it is what is, pre- whole, so is what's sanctifying you. Versus, like, what I think Eric hit on that's so wonderfully um, perfect is that it's the chewing on, it's the incorporating, the obeying, the seeking to be under, the seeking yeah. to live by um, the scriptures. That's the purpose. Reading is just a means to that. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's a helpful thing instead of just kind of saying, oh, what you need is to read your Bible more. It's like, no, what you need is to interact, learn, and to seek, follow Jesus more. And this is yeah. the way that you're going to do that. So I think that's kind of uh, something that just kind of popped in my head. I was like, yeah. that's a really uh, helpful thing because oftentimes I can sit down and I'm like, all right, I'm going to read this proverb for this day, I rush through it. And that's kind of why I want mm-hmm. to slow down. Like I rush through it and I go, and I think to myself, did you remember anything or listen to anything that was saying? Well, no, my mind was elsewhere. Yeah. So what, what was, and it's like kind of that voice in the back here. Like, so what was the gain for doing that? Like, what yeah. did you gain? Yeah. Nothing. I don't, it, it, uh, what, and it's like, where are you different than, you know, 10 minutes ago when you started I, reading it? I agree. Uh, for the most part, mm-hmm. I do think that there is a value in having done the deed. If for no other reason than, like you've solidified the Building habit, a habit in your mind, like yeah. you've greased that groove. But yeah, I get yeah. that. It, if this is the 15 or 10 minutes or whatever a day that you're going to dedicate to the word, you want it to be as impactful yeah. as possible. You That's want to right. get more than just like, mm-hmm. well, I sit still for 15 minutes a day. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that ain't nothing, but mm-hmm. it ain't much. Yeah. That's, That's what kind of my thinking is like, like what you're saying with the habit, <laughs> I think I 100% am with. My thinking is more of the, you don't, do less than it's the, the purpose is when you're working on that habit that you're trying to be more intentional with it if that makes sense like yeah so the the goal is to be like okay so i am sitting down like i'm supposed to or like i'm wanting to and i want to get more out of this than just mm-hmm. than just reading that's what i was kind of alluding to when i was talking about like the freedom of not having a, a strict plan is that like you know because i did the same like you know read the bible in a year yeah. or just read mm-hmm. the bible chronologically and mm-hmm. it's just like Oh, so being the fact that I was like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to, you know, today the proverb pick is this, but my goal is not to just read the whole proverb. It's like, hey, if there's something that I just want to stop and sit on, yeah. I just stop yeah. and sit on it. Like there's no, oh, but then tomorrow I have to finish this and the next one, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I can sit you and gotta catch be, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have the freedom to be like, all right, like this is just the rabbit that I want to chase, mm. you know, and like. And, and I found that to be really beneficial to me. Mm. Um, granted, I also do need structure. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm very much yeah. someone who, like, I need the structure, I need the accountability, mm-hmm. but I, I, I bask in the freedom 
to really like, mm. to like stretch my wings yeah. you know mm-hmm. and be like oh like this you know this footnote's directing me here mm. and i really want to follow that mm. so mm. yeah study bible can be great as far as and one thing that i was just thinking of is like i i really do think especially when you're starting out the best way to read the bible is not by yourself <laughs> Yeah. Like, because I, I just think of all the kids that I've told, like, hey, you know, just even just read, like, read a psalm a day. And, that you know, it's it's short enough that you can just kind of meditate on it. And it's like, okay, but how much better is Psalm 1 when you have someone next to you to tell you, like, okay, do you know what the law is? And, like, do you, do you get how it's kind of weird that the psalmist is saying, like, that you would delight in the law? And that you meditate on it day and night and that, you know, what that means that it's going to make you like a, like a tree that's planted, you know, by waters and it's, it's leaf doesn't wither and it brings forth its fruit. Like what, what does fruitfulness mean in the scripture? And what, you know, it just, someone who's next to you who can kind of, um, explain those things. So I, I've also recommended the, the Bible projects app as far as like they have videos that will kind of help you with some things, um, like, Hey, here, you know. You're going to read the book of James. Here's the situation. You're going to read the book of Hosea. Here's, you know, who was in charge of Israel. But it's like the best version of that is, I think, a dad, you know, especially if you're young, that can kind of explain those things. And I mean, I my dad was a deacon in the church, but we didn't really do family devotions that much. I think we should have. Um, and I don't think he was really the guy who kind of took me by the hand and explained the meta narrative of the bible to me and i want to be that you know i want i mean for the kids that are at our church but also for the children you know that the lord blesses us with it's like that's what i want to be is a guide to Hmm. like understanding the scriptures so okay Forgive me because I never like uh, keeping things generic, so I'm going to make things a little less Stir generic. the pot. Yeah, well, because, um, and I thought this might go here, but, you know, we're talking about how to read the Bible. And uh, I think I've heard two kind of contradictory uh, statements. And I think that this is just, I want to say this for the benefit of anybody who's coming into Christianity uh, without... With, with It doesn't matter if they had like a Catholic background or just no background. If you're coming mm-hmm. in new, right, mm-hmm. you're going to hear two things, which was said already in, that, uh, in the podcast, <clears throat> which was be careful who you're listening to, mm-hmm. but then have someone by you to tell you, mm-hmm. to lead you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> you're kind of on your own on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I would say is, Whatever is leading you or whoever, because if, if, if it's the Bible uh, project, which I like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily a person. Yeah, it, it is a person, but it's it's a program. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say what you should have as far as a resource, whether it's a person, program, whatever, to lead you is something that's just giving you information as far as context. Yeah, and that's meaning. what I was mostly talking about is like historical yeah. context, mm-hmm. more like yeah. the forensics of it instead mm-hmm. of like, and here's how we interpret Romans 6 or, you know, right. um, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, I'm still, I'm still in favor of, but you are right that it's like, you're kind of taking your life in your own hands. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Daniel, I don't know if you wanted to tell your road trip story about, uh, Oh, 
Yeah. Or I mean, were you still going or like? I want to because this is. Yeah, I think this is really pertinent. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, with someone. They were sharing their life story about uh, uh, the churches that they been. They grew up Catholic, and then they uh, left that and were feeling like there wasn't a church, and then got hooked up with the Mormon Church for a while, and then left that, and then got hooked up with another like dispensationalist heavy cult. Um, and the Plymouth, the uh, Philadelphian, Philadelphia, Philadelphians. They believe they were. <laughs> they believe they were the Philadelphians from the Book of Roman or from the Book of Revelation. Sorry, excuse me. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't we all hope? And now is it ours? And my question was, what was it that led you to think that those weren't the right churches? And it was like you know they you know felt like the, the answer was coming like I felt like they were the doctrines of men or they didn't have these things right or it didn't sound it sounded funny or didn't feel right and it's it just kind of sounded crazy. And I said, well, what made you think that our church was the right one? And he said, well, you know, told me the stories are like you know friendly and it was good and like they had all these connections. I said, well, you haven't told me biblically why you think that our church is right. You've told me that you felt good about it, but you felt good about the other three churches mm -hmm. and you failed at all yeah, three of those churches, reading all record. three of those churches. So if you, this could be your fourth failure or this could be the right one. How do you know? And there was kind of like a long silence for that. I was like, and, well, how do you, because like, your feelings are not leading in the right place. Boom. So if you're saying that you're feeling that this is the right thing, there's got to be something else you're grounding on and you've got to be grounded on the scriptures. And I think that's a good point that you bring bring up of how do you know who to listen to? And that person should be lining up with the scriptures as they're teaching in the scriptures. And, and, and like, there's, it's almost, it's, it's super tough to say. Cause it's like, it's that cycle. And it's hard to say like what comes first, but as they're teaching the scriptures, you, what you should see in there should match up with what their life is. And mm -hmm. then as you li continue to listen to them, they're helping you learn the scriptures. And again, the scriptures are pointing you back that that person is someone that you should listen to. Mm -hmm. I do think that that does work in tandem. Mm. Um, and there are a, a few things in the Christian faith that it, it, I don't I don't think they work simultaneously, but I think to us they seem like they're working simultaneously, simultaneously if that makes sense. Um, but if there's something in Scripture that they are pointing away from or that they're not talking about, it's like, well, you should dig into that a little more. If they're like, oh, yeah. don't look at that or don't worry about that or, you know, that's just misunderstood or something like that. That's where you go, well, I'm basing, I'm trusting this <clears throat> and you've got to line up with it because mm. there's got to be a through line. There's got to be some anchor or standard that we're hooking back onto. Otherwise, you're going to float around yeah. to whatever someone's saying, whatever we, whatever sounds good. Mm. Um, I think it's for at least for some people the way that they're going to enter into it. I think floating around is going to be inevitable. I don't think that you're just and because I think the problem with well with Protestantism um, is. There's a tension between eldership and being self-taught, yeah. because with Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox, they're they're definitely elder heavy mm -hmm. authority. Yeah, and yeah. Mm -hmm. you know we were we realize well that's that doesn't protect the mm. church just it being elder heavy and, and mm -hmm. trusting in their traditions or not. But now that we're self, it doesn't protect the church when the elders go wait by the wayside. Yeah, not that the method doesn't protect the church. Yes, but and I, I don't disagree, but I think the pro, I think the revelation was mm -hmm. that the method isn't foolproof. Mm. Mm. So it's like, okay, I mean, we could have elders, but that doesn't 
It doesn't mean yeah. that corruption won't come in. It, what didn't, I, yeah. it didn't save the Catholics. It didn't save yeah. the Eastern Orthodox. Right. So now what we have is a Bible for every Christian. Even more Bibles than probably yeah. are Christians. Chicken in every pot. Yeah. <laughs> Bible in every... And a four in every garage. <laughs> <laughs> so... What's that? What's that from? Uh, is that Wilson? Woodrow? No. I thought no. that was Ford. I thought that was Ford. Yeah. That, that, that he was going to put a Ford and everybody... Like, he's going to uh, make yeah. it a Ford. Because the oh, assembly line, right? The assembly line? Was the assembly? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe him? maybe a president did say it, but uh, I know... The, okay. only other, the only other thing I think... I would say Wilson lines up well. Yeah. Anyways. Here we right. are. History. Keep going. Uh... Yeah, yeah, everybody's got a, a Bible or like a mm -hmm. Bible super accessible, which mm -hmm. is really nice. But then that's why we have to we have to talk about how do you read your Bible, uh -huh. because it doesn't come with a, an owner's uh -huh. manual. Um, the Holy Spirit, brother. Well, so you see. <laughs> oh, that was tongue in cheek because I, I can anticipate exactly what your response is. Because we all say we have them and here we are disagreeing on mm. stuff. And well, that was that was the debate when when Luther was translating the yeah. scriptures, and when they were translating scriptures, is should we do, do this? this? Yeah. Should we do this because it's going to lead to a bunch of people going nuts over it untrained. and making their own untrained and making their own uh, like religions off of. And it did. Yeah. Like and well, all of those were very well, well warranted. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Luther's response was, "It will, but it's worth it." Yeah. But the good that's going to come out of it Boom. is worth going through the, the fractions. Because they said it's going to fracture Heck yeah, this into, into thousands of splinter groups. Yeah. Better than one stultified, you know, uh, corrupt organization. Mm. I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would I say like that the, the cat is still out of the bag on that one. We, we don't really know. The cat's still out of the bag. Is that right? Is that not no. the same? The cat's out of the bag? The cat's still in the, the bag. The jury's out. Yeah. The jury's out. That's what it is. Thank you. The guy hasn't removed the cat of nine tails to whip yet. That's right. The jury's out of the bag. The jury's out of the bag with oh, the cat. The, the jury has no more bags. <laughs> they is, just is carry on only cat? at this point. Schrodinger's cat. But, um, well, and... In, well, anyway, that, I was just going to mm -hmm. do a little add-on to that, which was that uh, it doesn't help that the translation that Luther was using and, and Tyndall was using wasn't also the most accurate. The Latin? The, yeah, but it was the Texas Receptus. So it was what oh, uh, Erasmus was... Well, it was. It was... I don't think Tyndale used... Yeah. I thought Tyndale translated from the Latin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was Wycliffe. That was Wycliffe. Uh, Texas Receptus isn't Latin. It, That's Greek. It, it was translated to the vulgar languages of the areas from the Latin that Erasmus made. Yeah. So the, that, and the that TR was called... is the Greek, yeah. is, is the selected manuscripts of Greek that wound up getting translated into King Latin James. and yeah. the Latin Vulgate. Yeah. Which were, and then the TR in English would be... Which was seven manuscripts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which And we have like 5,000 or more. Yeah. Something like that. Which and, is a big problem for King James only. It's exactly yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They they got some weird ways to make up for that though. I, know, I won't yeah. get into it, but 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 that's what you get. And so you know, like I can only speak for, or we can only really speak right now for for Protestants, mm -hmm. new Protestants coming in trying to figure out how to read the Bible. And so that the problem that we have to deal with isn't the one giant corporate oh. you know, mm -hmm. corporate. Um, corruption mm -hmm. type deal yeah. it's, it's just this fractured and and so it's like hey let me go online and see what christians have to say okay yeah. it's like gonna... would you rather be attacked by a bear or a 
beehive. Yeah. You know, mm. like just one unified <laughs> thing that's going to kill you or mm. thousands yeah. of tiny things that are going to kill you. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm saying like, uh, going back to the beginning, reading too much of the Bible, it's not so much reading too much of the Bible, but mm-hmm. just you're reading and you're doing it wrong. And you're too sure of yourself. So you're just kind of yeah. plowing ahead and, and using confirmation bias and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. Yeah. So who, who do you go to? I would say are, are like the 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 scholars or the scholarship, the work that's done that's uh, not trying to necessarily interpret passages, uh, but are just trying to expose all the information needed or is helpful in understanding it. And then at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to have to self-interpret. Yeah. That's just how we do things. That's how mm-hmm. it's been in Protestantism. Um, if you don't want to self-interpret, then I would say Protestantism is probably not where you're gonna end up anyways yeah i mean i i don't think the jury's out as far as like uh, like wow (laughs) uh well no i think i think it's very much on on route with this as far as like look we have like we all just have the ability to go around and talk about what our personal interactions with the text Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not like well i don't know I plow for 16 hours a day, and so I don't have time to go learn Latin, which is the only language that Bibles are allowed to be written in. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it, just to to think that we're not in a better situation now than we were in 1516, you know, the year right before the Reformation. It's like, you know, the, the degree to which the corruption of the Roman Catholic Church had just gone haywire is... I, I don't think it's studied enough. I don't I don't think it gets talked about enough. And it's like the world changed so much in the late 1500s and then the 1600s and 1700s. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that people had access to the cornerstone philosophical text of mankind, which is the scripture. And it, it taught people to think. Um, but would, so, you, would you say that objectively? Well, I mean... I'm asking your opinion, so it's not going to be so objective. My but, objective opinion. Yeah, right. Uh, that after 1516, did false doctrines grow in number or did they decrease in number? Um, I, I think that that can almost be like a red herring, not saying that you're intending for it to be. Yeah. But it's like, did, did the number of different kinds of false doctrines grow or diminish i would say it grew yeah did the number of people living under delusions and the degree to which they were living under delusions grow or diminish i would say it diminished you know because more people had access and the thing is like like luther and the people warning him were saying it's like do you know the kind of hell you're about to send europe through and it's like okay but if that's what we have to go through to get to the other side of like the enlightenment and you know the I'm not trying to glorify the Industrial Revolution, but like, hey, cool. Most people get to live into their 60s and 70s now. Like, I, I And I get that that's not the kingdom of God. Right. But in a sense, I also think that it is because I'm post-millennial now. So it's like, you know, the, a balm of healing to the nations. Mm-hmm. But um, like well, ju- I mean, the just, life expectancy in the Middle Ages was still high. If you made it past... If you made infancy. it past, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I should have said, like, the infant mortality rate yeah, dropped from, that's like, true. 48% to what, you know, I don't know what it is now, but it's super low. Mm. And I, I think that that's wonderful, mm. yeah. you know? That's a wonderful thing to have far fewer grieving mothers, you know, holding their stillborn babies and, like, you know, 
having to get a tiny coffin. Um, I, I think that that's an improvement in the state of the world. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of times when we have this discussion, it, it might just come down to a personality thing of I am just kind of a kill them all and let God sort them out kind of thing where it's like, you know, just let, let everybody, let everybody make their interpretation and then just kind of trust that God is, God is drawing the borders between nations. God is drawing the, drawing up the treaties that are, you know, and the ceasefires that are causing these people to be at peace or he, you know, when a war happens, like everything is, is inside of his sovereignty and his domain. So it's like, I, I think that it's better that more people have access to the words of the apostles and to the words of the Old Testament prophets, and they know functionally who David and Moses and Abraham were instead of just like, well, I go to church once a week and the guy says a bunch of stuff I don't understand and then I eat a cracker and apparently that makes me good with God. Yeah, right. Like, that is a way better world to be living in. But the nice thing, I would say objectively. But you still live in that world. The first world. The, not the cracker world. Yeah, you do. Well, Cocaine. literally, crackers are only found in Protestant churches. But, <laughs> um, but second, wafer world. Yeah, mm. no, but people still go to church thinking that. Like, like that's mm. what I'm saying. Protestants, people can go to church, listen, think critically. I'm not saying they all do. And yeah. there are people who are dogmatized and who just kind of, you know, swallow hook, line, and sinker, sinker whatever yeah. the, uh, whatever the, you know. 21 year old pastor you know with moose in his hair and like a tight t-shirt and a lot of charisma is able to to spit out at him but people at least have the ability to people at least have the ability to listen and be like i think this is bullcrap instead of saying like mm -hmm. well He's wearing the vestments, or whatever they call it, the vestments, or mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's wearing the stuff, mm -hmm. and he's uh, and he's speaking the language that God apparently wrote a Bible in. So like, I I guess I just gotta trust him. Now you can still think that it's bullcrap, but you can't argue against it if it's all in Latin and you yeah. only speak low mm -hmm. German. You know. Yeah. So I you. I think you're you right that I this do poison. You you say this poison's better for these practical reasons than this poison. And also, that's uh, that is just kind of a political, philosophical, you know, whatever thing about me is. I prefer anarchy to tyranny. Always. Okay. I think anarchy is a better place to be than tyranny. I think neither are good, and it's right, like right. you want to be in that sweet spot in the middle. But I think anarchy is better than tyranny. Hmm. Um, hmm. Just because of what we're talking about, do you and think... you're right, we're in the anarchy now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But do you think that that's scripturally supported? Um, <clears throat> I I feel like yes. You're putting me on the spot. I don't know that I could. And I, I'm not trying to just put you on the spot. It's just because we're talking about reading the Bible. So I was yeah. like, all right, let's just bring us yeah. to scripture and see. Well, well. I I, we got to trust God either way, because mm -hmm. if God puts us in Babylon, yeah. we're in a tyranny, and he sees us through it. And if he puts us in Somalia, and we're in anarchy, he sees us through it. So it's like, ultimately, we trust God. Mm. But but if you partake in the tyranny or the anarchy, that's not good, right? I don't know if anarchy is something you can partake in in the same unified way as what it looks like to... Like, to partake in tyranny is to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Sure. To partake in anarchy is, is like... not bend the knee. Well, okay, to not bend the knee to the idol? Uh, well, it's not 
So well, I feel like it's. It, I feel like uh, anarchy. It needs to create a new idol, <laughs> which is well, which would be yourself and doing whatever you want, like yeah. the judges. Well, to to participate in anarchy, anarchy saying that there is no government, not that I'm yeah. against the government, but like there is no law of the land, is just to be doing all the things that I deem are right. And if I'm yeah. being led by the scripture, then hopefully, you know, the majority of those things are actually right. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that's better than. Yeah. But so, but you, you you see like where scripture we can talk about this in a worldly sense where it's <clears throat> to obey governments even if they are tyrannical, right? You see it yeah, with, yeah. with how David went about Saul, which mm-hmm. great patience exercised by him mm-hmm. already being anointed and still not drawing yeah. the sword against Saul yeah. who's trying to kill him, but yeah, also like, pants. <laughs> mm. right. um, but you can see this also ecclesiastically because we're supposed to submit to our elders, mm-hmm. right? Ooh. That's the point that I was going to bring up. Yeah, Ooh, which is which is that pokes? which is that or pastors who have different views on divorce. <laughs> which is that? Uh, well, okay, yeah, but... the point that I was going to bring up earlier is that after Luther uh, translates the scripture, we never go away from uh, teachers and leaders. Like yeah. you're still you're still receiving the scriptures through someone. You're still receiving it through an elder who's teaching and reading up up until the point where the masses can read and now interact with the text on their own. Before then, you yeah, had the preached yeah, word where someone was studying diligently and preaching that to you. You had, you know, uh, like John of the Edwards, John Knox, and all like all these preachers, yeah. um, Bunyan and uh, Baxter, and all these people who would study it diligently, and they would be gifted to teach, and they would be teachers. As the scriptures say, some are appointed as teachers um, to study the scriptures, and others don't have that exact same role that is given to them so you don't have un unmediated access completely with protestantism it's not like okay everybody is just on their own that's a little over realized are you saying because of illiteracy or are you saying because that, that was that's kind that of where was, you started and then i'm like i think, I think that was i think I, the end of I think that was just kind of how things were because of that but i think that the, even the uh <clears throat> I, I don't want to speak for all of them because I don't know 100%. Uh, but for a lot of the early Protestants, they would not have condoned just you and the Bible, and that's it. That you need, you yeah. need teachers yeah. and leaders and elders. But, but that's... And historical grounding. What's that? And historical grounding. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you see, but that's why I would say, why would they say that? It's because of Scripture. Mm-hmm. But how hypocritical. Because they're not themselves adhering to the elders that are already there. So that's that's the problem that we have. You mean like the Catholic Like church. the elders yeah. who had a bunch of concubines and who were like... Which is why they were called the Reformers. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. they wanted to be under good Catholic leadership. Right. Well, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the, orig- the original idea mm-hmm. well, with, with Luther in particular mm-hmm. was just to have a scholarly debate to get mm-hmm. some things. He was really troubled what he saw in Rome and he wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Catholic Church... Uh, as immature as they were, mm-hmm. didn't care. So what happened was there was a separation. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Luther and any of the reformers could still adhere to the Catholics, even though what they did, what they think they're doing is wrong. They could still do that. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Mm-hmm. And so now what you have are a bunch of traditions they're telling you adhere to the elders, but not those guys. <laughs> And it's 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 hypocritical, and that's just something that we have to face as Protestants. Mm-hmm. But the but the what the reason why the reformers were saying to submit to the elders wasn't the same reason of 
you have to submit to us because we tell you to. Yeah. It's you have to submit to us in as much as we uh, submit to the scriptures. Right. And, and if we here violate is the scriptures, a Bible they're no longer... In yeah. your language. That yeah. You yeah. yeah. It's, and like, that's... what was it like the Council of Toulouse that made it where it's like, you're not allowed to own any amount of the scripture in your own language. I think mm-hmm. the book of Psalms was the only thing you're allowed to right. own mm-hmm. in German if you speak German or in French if mm-hmm. you speak French. But it's like... God help you if I find a copy of the book of John in those hands of yours. And it's like, you know, you could be killed mm-hmm. for yeah. things like that. And to mm-hmm. think that there's not a qualitative difference in the functionality of Christians trying to pursue mm-hmm. holiness and the fear of God and the knowledge of God from 1516 to 1518 or, or you know, like from the year 1500 to the year 1700, whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, to think that the Christians are not better off because now they have access to the word of God, like, I, I don't think that's justifiable. Well, but you have access to it, but then, so the reason why we're holding on to the idea of eldership and, and all that stuff is because of what scripture said. So a bunch of Christians are getting this and they're like, oh, we need elders. Mm-hmm. We need to, to adhere mm-hmm. to them, okay? Mm-hmm. But then you self-appointed them. And so here's the thing, like, the big problem with Protestantism mm-hmm. is nobody's claiming that God has spoken to them or that they received a vision or anything like that. There's no second coming of Christ. And that's he's the like, problem? Yeah, because... Oh, I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disputing you think that's great, but let me let me explain yeah. why I think that's not yeah. great. Because nobody has the thing they can point to to be like, and here's why I'm the right Pope. And that guy in Avignon well, it, is... No, no, so whether you believe in the... Uh, what do they call the apostolic? What's it called? Succession. Succession or not? Uh, it, it it doesn't really matter because what you have as far as a church is founded there, and it can trace its roots back to the ancient church. If if you believe church history, you're saying ideologically. Not necessarily ideologically, just just the fact that it exists. See what I'm saying? Like there's there's a there's an actual the church. Institution. The institution. Yes. Mm-hmm. This the institution of which is made up of Christians. Now, the problem is that these Christians were corrupted. The leadership was, at mm-hmm. least. And, and I would imagine the congregants, if and your you leadership... And you call them Christians. There was no Christians outside of that. You can't call... Who are you going to call the Christians? But I'm saying, like, the... Let's say the popes who are, like, you know, speaking out of one side of their mouth and, and Absolutely, you know, yeah. celebrating the Mass and everything. And then they have all these concubines and they're sexually abusing young boys and everything. It's like... Oh man, those Christians are like, they sure aren't ideal over there. And they're, I, they're sure having a hard time. But like, yeah, doubtless they're Christians. And it's like, well, I'm not, I, I got a problem. They're with nominally that Christian, but I would okay, say, sure, you, you, as long as you're going to use the word nominally. Yeah, but, but then that's going to contextualize everything you're about to say. Okay, but but what I think what you're going to argue then from that point is that there were no Christians. No. Okay, so who were the Christians? William of Ockham. Who's John Huss? So two. Uh, no, there's, I mean, the Lollards. The... Yeah, but you're, so you're, yeah, and you're, you're naming like individuals, but moving, I'm naming movements. Yeah, right. The Hussites. Right, but but there was Wycliffe and the Lollards. There's no indication um, that there is like this ordaining from God. Okay, because what you have is there are movements that are starting that they're protesting the corruption in the Catholic Church. Ordaining which like is, a, a particular christening event like Muhammad in the cave or or uh, Joseph Smith with the golden plates type of ordaining? Or, or, or like initiating? 
Timothy. And I'm like, <laughs> no. yeah, like I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I, but you know I, what I they have? What, I see what you're saying, but the, the way that Scripture phrases it from the very beginning was that elders would be appointed by a church. Right. Not, not that they would have this top-down God saying, this is the, this is the leader. And what... And the, and the purifying thing of how do you know which person to look, which person to look to is that person is as much appointed as an elder by God in as much as they're qualified. So when they haven't when they have concubines and they're having affairs outside of marriage, they're not adhering to the elder qualifications in Scripture. Yeah. Therefore, they're not elders. They're yeah. not qualified to be popes. Well, I, but I would say then neither was Luther qualified to be an elder. I mean, that guy just mm-hmm. one thing that I would say disqualifying was his, his proneness to anger. Mm-hmm. It's a disqualification. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I okay, would say, yeah. but but before we get, we, we get yeah. into that, what I would say is that you have the the setting up of elders not just through the church, but through the guidance of, of people like Timothy, Silas, mm-hmm. Titus, mm-hmm. people who were then appointed by Paul, mm-hmm. who was then commissioned by the Holy Spirit. And by, so you see, you have this connection to God mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying that the objections of Luther or any of these guys were wrong. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that the, the, way, the way they went about it, it sets up a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's be honest, Protestantism has its own problems. Mm-hmm. So does Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But to say that we're better off, mm-hmm. if, the, if, having, if everyone having a Bible really made things <clears throat> better, then we wouldn't be seeing even some of the similar... Because you mentioned how a Pope had concubines. Well, how many pastors are we finding yeah, out yeah, you know, yeah. are doing that kind of stuff too? So it's not really like it's the having a mass printing of the Bible has not solved things. Well, it's nice that like when who is it, Jimmy Swaggart, right? Like he's found with a, all, all these pictures of him with prostitutes. And it's like, it's helpful when you can be like, man, thank God Jimmy Swaggart is not like the king of all Christians right. and that there are other pastors that I can look to. And there's yeah. not this unified you know standing together organization where they all rise or fall together and it's uh you know if if you're in if you're in a this is a bad example uh it's like if you're at sea and there's a huge storm would you rather there be one giant ship or like thousands of i don't know lifeboats or whatever it is it's like man there's, it seems like there's some present problems if you have like one giant ship and then mm. like we've all heard of the Titanic, right? So mm. that's my all your eggs are subpar. In one mm. Yeah, good. So I, I, you know, we were just been talking about history, and I think that that in itself is important to research mm-hmm. and understand when you're looking at how you know how to read the Bible. Because you might find out that people have had the similar interpretations, yeah. or maybe it was considered heresy and why, and, and maybe you didn't consider that, yeah. or maybe they've been wrong that whole time. But I, I think the history has benefited me a lot mm-hmm. in, in knowing, you know, knowing that stuff. What's weird is you have a lot of history already in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, especially of Israel, and then like Acts, um, Acts. I was going to say Acts as a kind of historical context mm-hmm. yeah um but like it it it, it kind of just as far as scripture it, it ends uh-huh. the historical context and so then you have to go to like eusebius i think that's the first massive account of church history and he quotes a lot of other works that don't exist anymore so it's really helpful mm-hmm. um but like 
like that's got to be the bridge between how where the bible ends basically on on a chronological level to early empire mm-hmm. yeah which is is difficult and to me like it's it's one of the most frustrating things is like okay christianity exists <clears throat> and you have the canon like the the 27 books of the new testament and they're written and you know by the grace of god they're preserved but holy crap like there's just not I mean, we have, you know, Shepherd of Hermas, and we have some of the other writings from, you know, around that time from Polycarp and Papias and all those guys. We have we have some writings, but it's like we really don't super know what church looked like because they kept getting hunted down and killed for, like, the first 250 years that mm-hmm. Christianity was a thing. Yeah. And then Constantine legalizes Christianity, and everyone's able to kind of poke their heads up out of the, yeah. you know, out of the catacombs. And look around and be like, and then you have the Council of Nicaea, which to me is so cool that you have these pastors from all over the Roman Empire, and Constantine gathers them all together, and he's like, "All right, put your heads together and like come up with an orthodoxy." Yeah. yeah. And just seeing how how smoothly that went at times, and then how roughly it went at other times. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the most frustrating things to me is like you have this two hundred fifty year dark age, yeah. like this period where there's really not a lot to go on as far as like. You know, their their beliefs on baptism, their beliefs on sanctification, their beliefs on a lot of different things. Um, and I think you're right that if you're reading the scripture seriously, um, like you're really trying to dig into it and get it for all it's worth, you're going to wind up reading history textbooks. You're going to yeah. wind up reading church history textbooks. You're going to wind up reading, um, you know, systematic theologies and things like that and comparing them to each other. And it's like, I, I grew up, in a type of church movement where it's very much like if it was just you in the Bible, that would be all that you need. And in a sense, I, I want to affirm the idea behind that where it's like the scripture is sufficient, mm-hmm. but man, like it is so helpful, like to see mistakes other people have made kind of like what you were saying, Eric, about like seeing heresies and being like, Oh, well here's a 90 page, you know, uh, refutation of, the idea that Jesus was created and it's been around for like 1800 years. So why don't I just read this? Mm -hmm. And then I don't have to spend the next 40 years of my life, um, postulating, you know, if this could be the case, Yeah, saves you time and stand on the shoulders of giants. I want to temper that though with, I don't think that things might get clear. I don't know if they'll get clear. They just might become more complicated. Uh, there was debates, uh, back then, that you could say are still going on or or maybe weren't so clear because there is some political maneuvering that's going on as well. You're saying in the ancient times? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you connect, when Constantine comes to legalize it and then it's like, this becomes the Christian empire. It's like, okay, so if we got someone who we believe is not orthodox, we can just exile him out of the whole freaking empire. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas before it wasn't necessarily like that, but it doesn't, you know, like... Mm -hmm. It would have been the same thing, just not as political about it. And so, you know, some like for me, I've read some of the debates and I'm like, this is just unnecessary. Like they're 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 arguing about things that aren't really that. Yeah. Uh, like cause, filioque clause. Well, yeah, the uh, Greek schism. It's split. Yeah. But uh, list. even like with the nature, is it the nature? Yeah, the nature of of Jesus, right? Um, obviously one of the, the first controversies was like, 
was he just man or was he God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it didn't just stop there. Yeah. It was like, how much God? Yeah. How much man? And it was so like... like he has two natures, but are they mixed or they or right. are they unmixed? And it's like, practically, what does that mean? Like, yeah. And, and how does it affect the way you love your wife? And yeah. Like, and what do you, you mean know, by disciples? like two natures? Are you saying they're yeah. two people? And mm-hmm. it's just like... You're saying there's two beings <laughs> living inside the body of Jesus? And, and they would talk yeah. past each other and it's like this was terrible when you also had like the political power too because yeah. uh you could prison you could put people in prison for yeah. it and stuff and it's like this is not so i would say you know you're looking at corruption all the way when we were talking about 1500 the seeds of which were already starting <clears throat> early on the christian yeah. church hmm. but um yeah i i think that's just could be helpful in when you're reading the bible um, knowing those stuff or just being aware of that kind of stuff. Like, there was a there was a tweet that someone put out and it, it got a lot of attention. Apparently, I don't remember who. Um, Daniel, you might know. Is like someone said Baptists are at their worst when they seize hold of institutional power, and they're at their best when they're having to basically not run, but like they're having to operate. Um, and the institutional power is against them. And I think that's a mm. great tweet, but I would change Baptists to Christians. Mm. Like, I, th- I think Christians, yeah. like, so much of what's happened is, like, you know, you give, <clears throat> like, Christianity is illegal, and they're constantly trying to just kill them all and, and stomp them and, you know, just burn them alive and feed them to the lions. And the church keeps growing and growing and growing. And then you have, you know, Christianity's legal. It's like, yay, awesome. And then you have Christianity becoming mandatory, you know, um, Emperor right, Theodosius. Right. He's like, okay, now if you're a Roman citizen, you must declare Jesus as Lord. Mm. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, I think that might be problematic. And sure yeah. enough, like you have all these people who are, you know, they're, they're... not that post mill yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, are I'm, you post- I'm pretty. No, I'm not. Uh, he's but that's my understanding yeah. of like, I have a historic understanding of post mill versus this new post mill that's coming out. Oh, please. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry. I continue. Well, yeah, just the idea that the type of institution that it was, and especially the type mm-hmm. of Roman Empire that that was becoming, um, you know, that it was that it was coming into. It's like you have all these people who have all these pagan ideas, and they don't want to get rid of them, so they just kind of. It's like, oh, it's not the goddess Hera, it's Mary, and like, but she also has all these things of like being the mm-hmm. goddess of the hearth and home and family and fertility, mm-hmm. and like you pray to her for, you know, that you don't have a miscarriage and like all that kind of stuff, and they, they kind of Christianize all their, their pagan ideas. Mm-hmm. So Christians come to power, and then it's like, they get kind of mean, and um, <laughs> just... It's like, man, maybe maybe we really are at our best when we're having to hide in the jungles yeah. and in the catacombs and everything. Mm. But you're right; that's not very post. That's very so. odd of you to say. Yeah. He's, I, he's, he's I, I feel like that's very dispensational of me to say. Trans- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel like uh, that's very dispensational of me to say. Not very odd. You're but, talking about uh, the church, though, not Israel. It out. So you're not dispensational. <laughs> the church is just a pause in history, mm. right? That's what, that's yeah, what. but I mean, what is the Holocaust if not? Guys, do you think the Holocaust happened? Okay, Travis. Oh, gosh. Oh my. <laughs> but before this gets controversial, this. yes, it happened. It yes, did happen. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, On record. I'm going to say. No ambiguity there. Yeah. 
Can I? Okay, let me ask a question that has to do with how you read the Bible. Okay, because this is something I actually been wanting to bring up for a while. Um, are you of the? Oh, we can talk about that. Uh, but are you of the opinion, objectively, a subject objectively, right? Uh, that you ought to look at the Bible and read it as though every word was from God, or the concepts are from God. Huh. I mean that. When that's... you say concepts, do you mean events, or do you mean like the idea? The idea is trying to portray. So if you got a like a pericope, mm-hmm. what what? Did I say that right? Pericope, I, yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't, I've so never heard of that word. A pericope is, it's not necessarily always the same as a paragraph. It's just the, an idea. And, yeah. And, uh, so like, a passage. Yeah, exactly. Passage. Okay. It's like, is what the word you use when you want to tell mm-hmm. people you went to Bible college without telling them. It should have a singular That's idea. Not what... It sounds like it should be a bird. Uh, uh, pericope. pericope. <laughs> now, now it sounds like a Pokemon. Or that. Where's Ooh, Sam? Yeah. Sam would love this. Anyways, go. <laughs> But like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You have the pericope. So are you going to say that every word in that pericope is... In English? Right. I'm just saying. You, you're, you're saying the English words are inspired? I mean, if you're a King James onlyist, you actually believe that. Yeah, you do. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm just thinking of like, I was going to this Bible study with this person who, the way they were thinking about it was like, every word was from God, right? I so want to make like, sure, I want to make sure I really understand this question. Do you mean bears the same weight? Or do you mean that every word God intended? No, that, that God every, intended. Okay, so let's say that you're reading, and I'm guessing you're talking about the Greek and Hebrew manuscripts, right? Mm. We that can would be go there, but, but not. But you see, as a oh. new Christian, you're not going to understand. Oh, this was like you understand, okay. but you if, don't if really I, understand. If the I read, if I read, um, you know, Paul's letter to the Romans, and he communicated this concept, and he said it specifically with these words, he chose it. He chose to word it this way instead of wording it another way. And it's like, is is the hand of God on that intentionality? Is the is Paul's intention and the Holy Spirit's intention um, kind of one and the same, yeah. is what you're saying. And I, I mean, I would say, I'd say yes and no, as far as like, I, I think that <clears throat> one way I've heard it put is like, you know, the Old Testament prophets, if they could have seen Jesus, they wouldn't be like, well, duh, like, this is exactly what I was telling you guys about. They would be like, oh, wow. I mean, like, this is in alignment with the things that I was saying. But, I mean, God just did it in a way that mm-hmm. I was not really, you know, I, I was not aware of all the facets to what the incarnation was going to look like or what the, the Mashiach, the, the arrival of the Messiah is, you know, going to look like. And um, so I think there's that, you know, to think about. But I think of... Uh, I think it's kind of impossible to think of uh, word for word, um, like I think it's called plenary verbal inspiration, when you have manuscripts that are that differ in things like you know think like this passage it's talking about Jesus and it says and he went into Capernaum and then another one says and Jesus went into Capernaum it's like okay there's a word difference there, but thematically conceptually like they're definitely communicating the same thing. And a meaningful variants in the New Testament are very few, um, the the way that I understand it. And I feel like most of the ones that people try to blow out of proportion is exactly that. Like they're they're kind of being obtuse. And right. I mean, there are a couple that are pretty substantial. Like man, John eight, the the story of the woman caught in adultery. Should that be in the Bible? Well, so what I was I was gonna <laughs> say is so if 
you take that approach, right? Like textual criticism. Like right. now I'm standing above the text and making decisions as to... But you're a... standing above the the textual copies, not the text itself. That needs to be distinguished. So Ooh, you're not saying you. you're not saying the original. You're saying the text that are trying to get the reflection of the original. Uh-huh. So you're not saying Paul misunderstood what he was writing. You're saying that the copyist wrote the wrong word from what Paul had written. I'm I'm not trying to sound too much like Bart Ehrman on this, but it's like, I do feel like that can sound kind of cheap, where it's like, hey, the way Paul wrote it was perfect. Now, we don't have that copy anymore, and all we <laughs> have are like, you know, here, here's 4,000 different copies of it, and there are, there, are, there are minute details and everything. But don't worry, Paul's copy was definitely 100% perfect. Whatever it is that he said, we'll never know. Yeah. Like, you know... We'll find out that it was the King James all along once we get to heaven. <laughs> but yeah, I think that does sound really cheap. Um, and, and to be honest, it's like, I, I feel like I kind of believe that. But I get how unsatisfying of an answer that is to say like, okay, when John penned the book of Revelation, it was perfect word for word, exactly what the Holy Spirit was trying to um, convey. convey, perfect word. Wow, word for plenary verbal right there. Um, exactly what he was trying to convey. But then the copyists have at least preserved the concepts. Right, so you're a concept guy. Uh, You'd have to be at that don't, point for don't what you nail just me, said. Don't nail me to that wall, but I feel okay. like I am okay. uh, leaning there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for me, there's not enough... Uh, What's it? There's not enough variation for me to be like, oh yeah, what we have is yeah. it's just concepts. There are so few textual variants meaningful. for me. Right, right. But not even meaningful, just few textual variants. for the for the for the way textual criticism works for scripture, it's staggering. It blows my mind how few there are. <clears throat> considering like we no one's talking about did do we have an understanding of Homer's the what is it, the Odyssey and the oh, Iliad? Yeah, yeah. When that has like I almost like uh like what is it four or five thousand textual variants mm. right, right that are massive that are and like entire paragraphs and no one's right. sitting there being like is this accurate do we actually think that he's talking about achilles or he's talking about this like it's so interesting we just accept it and we have far less for that i yes agree to an extent but it's also like no one's trying to build a society yeah, yeah, yeah. i was i was Athena, gonna say that. like you know was was yeah, carrying our, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like now that's a lot the, less. The Bible's relevant. obviously going to take center stage because of the importance and what it claims mm-hmm. to be. Right? In Western civilization, is yeah. unparalleled. But it is extraordinary how, like, few, mm-hmm. like you said, textual yeah. variants. But and that was just my one example. I'm done saying, as far as for ancient books, yeah, it is the best attested ancient book, one hundred percent. Which is, I think, is just amazing. It is, and just, like, just purely not, as like not by a little bit. Like by so nothing, nothing much, it's, it's yeah. it is yeah. crazy far and away more well attested. But here's the thing: like, what do you do when you do have textual variants? Because it's not research them. Well, yeah, I mean, you can research them, but, but which one do you choose? Well, no, 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 I'm not even, I'm not even like going there. Back to my original question: mm-hmm. you, if you believe that, if you believe there are textual variants, and you believe mm-hmm. that this, I mean, even if you don't believe that it matters. There's still textual variants. So is it right to think when I'm reading the Bible that every word is 
accurate? Is that what you're gonna? I suppose the the way that people, I feel like a lot of new Christians are gonna express it is like it's this God meant for every single word, and because like uh, what was the guy's name? Chuck Swindle. Yeah, it's Chuck Swindle. Sure. I think Mm -hmm. he has an interpretive way of going about it where it's like every word mattered and there's and he's like, doing this in english because it's like well then doesn't it matter what version of the bible you use yeah like right. you couldn't preach the same version the same sermon out of the niv out of the as out of the esv if that was the case i i i, I agree i'm on that mm-hmm. cap i'm conceptual like i feel like it's conceptual the old guy yes i think he's like retired army guy whatever but you know there are people who adhere to his idea of how to read the Bible and like there's yeah. uh I forgot what it was, but it was like this one perf like passage and, and the guy like that was doing the Bible study, like they were breaking it down like as though every word was mm-hmm. put perfectly I in the see. way. Yeah. See what I'm yeah. saying? I see what you're saying. And I th- I think as far as for accuracy, I would say there's there should not even be like a shred of a doubt for the words that you're put that put in front of you. However as far as like the word for word thing, I don't know necessarily know if I would go for that because of the way translations work and yeah. translation theory works and how oftentimes when you're because tra- as far as do what when I sit down with the um, uh, BHS the the um, uh, the Masoretic text of the Hebrew or if I'm sitting down with the uh, um, like the Nestle Allen text for the Greek, it's it, I know that that's going to be accurate. But when I'm sitting down with that, there are times you get to where you have to make an interpretive choice. And you can't just yeah. say, oh, I'll just put word for word. Yeah. Th- that's not an option. You have yeah. to make a translation choice. Just like when you're translating in a foreign language to English. And we don't have uh, a, a point for point direct thing. Like you have to mm-hmm. kind of make an interpretive choice that's how around works. that. So that is why I feel like mm-hmm. I would be like, you want to kind of look at other translations instead of just kind of keying into one. I don't think your confidence should be any less. And I, I like the idea of what you're saying, like concepts. Um, but I think it's important, and this may be a whole another topic, it may, it, it's important to know how translation works in general and what the translation philosophy behind the different translation yeah. scriptures are. And, and I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, like, it's super helpful to have with you just some guy who gets those things and who can explain um and, and even you know ne- not necessarily that there's not a english equivalent but something that's so outdated that people have no idea what it is like one of my favorite things actually um to explain not i don't know maybe i'm blowing that out of proportion something i really enjoy explaining to people is like you guys know what winnowing is right like have you, you know what that is so you went to Bible college, you know what winnowing is? I know how it's it, like how it's meant. I don't yeah, know what it looks it's, like. It's like, you know, uh, John, uh, John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, he talks about like, you know, this guy is coming and his fan is in his hand. It's like, why would he say a fan? Like, why not a sword or a, you know, a scepter or whatever? And he says there's a fan in his hand. And it's because you would take all the grain that you had harvested and you'd have an ox, like, you know, tread it out and trample it. And so crack open all the all the the kernels mm. and everything and all the heavy stuff would sit there and then you'd take a fan and you just kind of like lightly blow away and all the chaff all the light stuff that you can't really eat would blow away and the grain would stay there and it's like there's no it's not that like we have an english word it's called winnowing but no one that i teach bible yeah. to and like no one that i am going to preach to on a sunday no nobody knows what winnowing is so it's mm-hmm. just super helpful to have someone there to be yeah. like look 
um, this isn't like a translation difference, but it's here's a concept that we you're going to go your whole life and never winnow anything. <laughs> and like this is something that they did maybe three days a week. They were doing some winnowing. And so they were they were kind of familiar with this concept of that, which is substantial and important and valuable stays. And the 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 fan will blow away that which is worthless and that you can't eat. It doesn't nourish you. Mm. And it's like, man, that's such a beautiful concept. And so I like being able to be that guy sometimes and just kind of um, pull back the veil mm-hmm. and, and show like, here's another aspect to God's, um, God's plan in all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I think what, what you're alluding to is also just discipleship. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like having, cause like I didn't necessarily have someone that sat with me and went verse by verse, verse by, or yeah. chapter by chapter. Yeah. But, you know, like, I had someone I could go to and be like, hey, I, I don't understand this reference yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, you know, I think that that's really the importance of not only, like, I think I think equipping someone with, you know, some, some foundational, like, hey, like, you know, not welcome to Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> get, like, you know, <laughs> gifts is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like, Hey, you know, like here's our box set of like our top twelve DVDs. Of, yeah, but but like, hey, like you know, like you know, if you're gonna read out of a Bible, like maybe don't grab a message or an NLT. You know, yeah, like yeah. you know, maybe look at it like an NIV or mm-hmm. you know an ESV. You know, getting plugged in with a church that has foundational you know teaching and mm-hmm. and, and and challenging, you know, that teaching at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. which was like I was. Like I, I, when I came to Christ, you know, I had a guy who essentially did that, you mm-hmm. know, Hey, you know, do you want a, a word for word or kind of a sentence by sentence translation? Like what would be more impactful and significant to you? Like, let's check that out. Let's figure mm-hmm. that out. And then like, Hey, like this is the church I go to check it out, but also compare it, see how, you know, you like the, if you're comfortable mm-hmm. there with the teaching and then also just compare it biblically and challenge it. And I was, I looked at him like, respectfully, I don't care for this church at all. Like I just, <laughs> You know, and, and, yeah. and we were allowed, like, I don't know, like, allowed to disagree, but, like, we were like, hey, agree to disagree on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't have any lower opinion of him mm-hmm. or anybody who went to that church. And I was just like, I just, I, mm-hmm. there are things here that don't jive with where mm-hmm. I'm at. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think part of that was just, I do think, foundationally, uh, that pastor had, you know, some stuff that. I, I just don't think it was a good teaching and mm-hmm. I also think part of it was just where I was in that stage mm-hmm. and he knew and he knew that and he was like okay cool like do you mm-hmm. and and was there to guide through that process mm-hmm. that makes me think of the because uh, I think we, what we said is really good that we want to have those who have been gifted to teach and uh, guide through scripture alongside of us we want to be di- like discipling each other and I think another good point with when we talk about like how how to read the Bible or how to read our Bibles and engage with it is that we should do it uh, prayerfully, constantly prayerfully. And I don't think we and I think we shouldn't fall down the 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 dangerous slope of I've prayed before I read the Bible, mm-hmm. so now whatever I get from that is it's perfect. God inspired. It yeah. may not be, but what it's what it's saying is that you're putting your posture in that you are wanting to be Relying. a disciple of Jesus. You're being yeah. like, this is, that yeah, exactly. That that that's your ultimate goal is to be a disciple of Jesus, and so you want to be praying the Holy Spirit will reveal, help you to understand, like even while you're during while you're reading it, just mm. instead of because I think yeah. we're very you know twenty twenty first century educated uh, people who are very much like. I'm going to figure this out. I'm smart enough. I'm just going to think really hard about it instead of being like, God, I don't understand this. 
you know, or, or and again, not having that like, okay, I baptized it in. So whatever now that comes to my mind first, yeah. that's God telling me that's not, I don't, I don't want to make sure about it. That's not what I'm saying. What I was say was almost opposite of what you're saying where mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to figure this out. It's just being like, Hey, I have like, like praying beforehand and, and yeah. saying like, God, like just let your will be known. That's right. You know, that's like right. I, I, I come into this and, and mm-hmm. if it challenges me, like I'm, I'm not going to just, all right, I disagree or it's wrong or I yeah. know like just if it challenges me, like, all right, why is it challenging mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. am I understanding this correctly? Mm-hmm. Am I taking, am I, am I taking this at its face value or is there deeper mm-hmm. meaning, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and just being, and being willing to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a place and I've prepared myself to be in a place where mm-hmm. I'm going to meet discomfort <clears throat> and ultimately I'm, I'm going to submit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eric looks very excited. Yes. I'm, I'm being like overstimulated right now mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> there are like four places I could take this and I, I, I think we should hit on all four mm-hmm. places, but I'm, I'm going to try to organize this because what I'm noticing like is that um, like you said, it kind of works off each other's like you read the Bible and you gain a theology and then your theology goes back into how you read mm-hmm. the Bible and it works that way. And, and I just want to say as a disclaimer, I think it's a lifelong process. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's an evolving process. You might start at one point. Exactly. And as you grow in your faith, realize yeah. you are completely wrong in the, in yeah. the mm-hmm. first thought. Right. So, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm like forgetting some of it, but, uh, okay. So. What were you, you were just saying about submitting? submitting. No, it wasn't that. Anyways, I'll, I'll get to As it. As you're challenged. Yeah, yeah, Praying no. before. I'm, I'm just going back to, to two things. Um, one of them has to do with, again, because it's, it's reading the Bible, right? I, I brought up on the podcast already about, we talked about divorce and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And one of the big problems about that is that there is a variation uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to Matthew and it's even a textual mm-hmm. variant it's not even just uh, Matthew stands out between mm-hmm. the rest um, and so the there is a and I think it's a solid argument that what we have is, as an English translation is is incorrect translation so even what you're reading in the English mm. and I think it's in every Bible um, is wrong and that again mm. has to do with tradition and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is the idea of an exception, but there isn't the Greek to back it up. There has to be mm. the wording there, and the wording's not there. And mm-hmm. so when you don't have the wording there, and you look at what the the Greek wording means, it means actually quite the opposite of an mm-hmm. exception. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So even if I think is the, yeah yeah what you're talking about yeah so. Um, there are those kinds of variants mm-hmm. that are meaningful and impactful, right? So how how do you go about, hmm. you know, when you say, how do I read the Bible? Is it necessary, aside from history, now for... So here's the thing, like, we are self-taught. Yes, we can bring people in to, to shepherd us, whatever. They had to be taught and what have you. So it's like we all have to kind of be mm-hmm. a scholar in a sense, not necessarily to to a doctorate degree. But you, mm-hmm. there are things like in this thing, I had no idea of this problem. 
mm-hmm. until I was faced with it. And I had to do certain homework, if you will. <laughs> and, and having a college background does help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, w- would you say that you even, in, aside from history, need to have some kind of knowledge of the original language, of, of the translation process, those kinds of issues? Because you brought up the, uh, the woman caught in adultery. Uh-huh. Well, you, you brought it up because there's a controversy of whether or not that's actually original. And if it's not original, is it even supposed to be in our scriptures? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I, I know that's going deeper, but I think mm-hmm. to clarify, this is the one that the Pharisees brought the mm-hmm. adulteress yeah. to yeah. Jesus and said, okay, yeah. so what should we do with her? Okay. Yeah. And also to be fair, there's only two passages like that in the whole New Testament. And I don't think any in the Old Testament. Um, as far as like, well, maybe not like that, but I know you brought up Daniel last time we talked about this. You remember there's being included in the, no, 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 not the book of Daniel, but there's a passage in the book of Daniel where they, and you, you had commented on it. So I think you two knew about it. I don't know by my memory. Oh, there's an extra chapter of Daniel in the Apocrypha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think that. Well, well, I think what. What he was arguing, though, was that if it was okay to take that out, and there uh, and there's other passages like that, Maccabees, and well, no, in the New Testament as well. I know First John five when it talks about there's three that testify the water, the spirit, whatever. That's actually not original either. Yeah, but that I think is pretty easy to tell that it should not be there. It's it's not like and and it was inserted. And we know why, and we know the intent, and sure. we know the yeah. political reason that it was inserted. But every Christian's reading that. Not every Christian. It's not in the ESV. It's in the King James. It's not. I saw it in the NASV. And they do literally. I I don't know. I mean, it says. um, Or they might have a footnote. It's like there are two kind of parallel verses that are there. One that, well, and one that should be and one that shouldn't be. Uh, It says something about like there are three. Yeah. And it's, it's basically like a specific outright. Like if you, if you use a King James version, you could point to that and say like, here is a succinct one verse proof of the trinity and uh you can kind of get it it's like your one-stop shop for like mm-hmm. there's god the father god the son god the holy spirit and they're all three god um whereas if you use an esv and if you have a, a historical you know like new testament then in order to get the doctrine of the trinity you kind of have to shop around it's like well we get this doctrine you know jesus is called god over here and we have the co-equality of the son and the spirit you know in this passage and and you kind of have to go a bunch of different places but the the two that i'm talking about are john 8 at least the beginning of john 8 the woman caught in adultery and the longer ending of mark you know beyond where the women are returned but i'm pretty sure those are the only two and i've listened to james white talk a lot about those and he said look if i'm preaching through the book of john at my church i don't preach john 8 i don't preach that passage and i don't preach the longer ending of mark and i'll tell my people why it's not like, and now, you know, don't ask questions, but here's why we're going to skip over this. But he said, even if you believe, even if you, um, specifically with the John 8 passage, it's not like your belief or disbelief in it changes anything about your theology. Now, the Mark passage can kind of yes. get you into some trouble because in that way, like it's snake happened. handling and yeah. uh, those sorts of things come from that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I would add to that the Matthew, what, what I'm adding. Now, I think... The argument is that that was added in in the Reformation, the chaos in the Reformation that was... To the book of Matthew? Yes. It was... It's a mistranslation. 
Oh, the the specific yes. in Matthew nineteen. But that, it changes that, the way you. I look thought you meant like a whole, mm-hmm. you know, several verses, a pericope, if you will. No, no, no. Well, um, it's not a pericope, but it's it's, it's one phrase. Yes, but it yeah. changes your. Yeah, thing. no, it definitely does. So, you know, I mean, do you think? Well, and that's why I would say there are some meaningful variants where it's like depending on the textual tradition you follow, it's gonna it's gonna affect maybe specifically how you would articulate your view of the Trinity or marriage or whatever it is. So do you think textual criticism is important on how to read the Bible correctly? I do. Okay, so then (laughs) this I'm only bringing up because this was in another conversation. You guys don't have to, we don't have to get in, but this is, was a problem that I had when we were talking about the canon because I don't see the difference between criticizing and recognizing here is a whole paragraph, let's just say, mm-hmm. a whole story that doesn't belong or doesn't seem like it belongs to and a then whole... the Apocrypha, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, just a whole yeah. work, and you're like, okay, this does not... And so there was debate among Christians about yeah. that. So it's like, you you don't believe, right, that, the, that God... You do believe that God ordained a longer ending of Mark to be in the Bible. I think he ordained it because it happened. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you would agree that that doesn't mean that that's what God delights in or like the correct yeah sure so that that's right yeah yeah so but that's was your argument for the canon though is that because God ordained these books to be there I I would say it's a little bit more complicated than that because there are specific reasons that we can point to for John 8 and for the longer ending of Mark for them being tacked on so we kind of understand those things Um, whereas when it comes to the the arguments for whether i except Tobit and first and second Maccabees and like, you know, all the, all the apocryphal, I, I think that's a different kind of argument. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you, you have, yeah, I think it's a different kind of argument. It's not like you just get one, you just have to memorize one principle and that's the principle you use for Matthew 19, that phrase. And then that's the same principle you apply to John eight. And that's the same principle you apply to the Apocrypha. And that's the same principle you apply to the Book of Mormon. And it's like, no, they, they're, they're, they are varied. Um, reasons, yeah. Uh, I don't know if reasons is the word. Like, they're, they are varied problems that you have to yeah. deal with in with varied And I don't disagree. I'm just ways. hitting on the idea that you, that you accept the canon because you believe, like, that's what God gave you, <clears throat> right? Because if that's the case... Uh, Yes, I'm just, I'm just going off of no. That. I, I know what you're talking about. So I'm saying, if that's the case, then why not just accept Mark and John eight and you, I mean, you could accept what it says in Matthew. I'm, I mean, I got my reasons. No, I, so it's like no. I'm saying so. Like, is it a problem for you if someone doesn't then for the same reasons? They're like, look, I did my criticism of the text. I did my history, and I agree with. Athanasius that we shouldn't include Esther or I agree with um, uh, Augustus that we should include uh, the Sirach in the New Testament mm. I mean is that a, would you say that that's a problem or is that like how we read I would, okay would want to have a conversation with such a person you know, I, I, I would want to go out to see those two them. things as being the same you would or would not? I wouldn't I wouldn't because yeah. right. the canonicity is not Very the same thing as textual criticism because one is like are all these the original parts for a car? And the other one is, are all these cars, should they all be on the lot? Yeah. So one's just trying to discover what is the accurate... and Because the, there's textual criticism of, of the Apocrypha. Right, right. Of what is the accurate of these books? What is the accurate um, 
yeah. uh, text. What is it? What is basically what they're looking the for? What the, what the original yeah. looked like. So I would see textual criticism as as a very different issue than canonicity. That's just yeah. a, as I'm kind of processing through it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't oh, say I wouldn't say that like because the apocryphal. The, I I like the way that Jerome said it, where he's like, it's helpful to read. It's, it's he's not like dismissing it. Yeah, but I wouldn't base doctrine on it. Right, 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 and I would want to see where it would agree with the other parts of scripture, and when it disagrees, I'm like, okay, this is off to this. So I put it in a separate kind of category for that reason. Yeah, uh, and and it differed between person to or you know maybe group also mm-hmm. uh, what they did with that. Mm-hmm. I, and I I don't disagree with you. I think textual criticism yeah, yeah. is much more technical than the canonicity. But what I'm saying is, you either start off with okay, this was handed down and was mm-hmm. given to us by God. Mm-hmm. Or it isn't guaranteed it was, and I have to do the research in order, whether that's textual criticism for a certain Mm -hmm. passage or whether a certain work actually belongs in this collection. I mean, because that's how I I was arguing that that's how the canon came to be was through people's homework and like why there was a a dispute between, let's say, Jerome's mm -hmm. understanding and a lot of other tradition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine as far as like, um, so I'm I'm uh, rereading in anticipation for the movie. I'm rereading Dune, and I think one of the great lessons of that work is like never be so sure of your presuppositions mm. that you're not willing to examine them. Mm. And so it's like you know I, I I want to I want to be putting canonicity of books and textual criticism type arguments and questions under the microscope again and again you know for for the rest of my life like this is this is a work that i want to be diligently about and i also want to be reading you know the things that i am convinced are scripture um and you know trying to to see how the lord might apply those things to my life now if if you're asking but travis isn't there some level of subjectivity in that I'd, I'd have to say yes. You know, yeah, yeah. it'd be disingenuous mm-hmm. of me not to, to admit that, yeah, there's a level of subjectivity to that. Um, in the same way that there's a level of subjectivity to just about everything, mm-hmm. like even science mm-hmm. that you can you yeah. can look to. And, it, um, you know, your your trust in your instruments yeah. when you when you try to measure something. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I would say is um, just I, I'm willing to accept that level of subjectivity and i think that like i I hope that that would also make me gracious Mm. if i was to have a conversation with a person who accepted the canonicity of the apocrypha or whatever and like i said my my first question would be like dude what's your work schedule like let's go get coffee sometime and talk about why you know you're um you know why why you think that way Mm -hmm. and like what's kind of led you to those conclusions instead of just like walling that idea off completely mm-hmm. so that I can protect my dogma. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. I just wanted to clarify mm-hmm. Yeah. that. Yeah. Um, another place, because, I mean, if anybody wants to say anything, mm-hmm. feel free. I'm just, I have mm-hmm. places that I want to go, so I'm, mm-hmm. that's why I'm talking. But um, the other thing is, I don't know if it's this way for you, but it seems almost like there is a bit of clash talking about theology again of cessationism and continuationism not strictly speaking but it's it's kind of related to that because uh we were just talking about it i was reminded so you 
you pray and you want the Holy Spirit to kind of lead you. But then again, you're like reserved because it's not a guarantee. And so it's like, what, I guess, metrics are you using? To well, be... for me, the reservedness is so often we hear our own thoughts and we mm -hmm. pretend that they're the Holy yeah. Spirit. Mm. I absolutely agree. So that's what I'm more of what I'm saying is when you look, when you sit down and you pray and then you're like, oh, I want this text to say that because that happens to be what I want for my life. Um, and then you kind of, we got to remember that there's more than one force working around us at any, any given time. So I think we want to have a sensitivity that the first voice we hear isn't always going to be the spirit. Right. Um, and I think that's really important, uh, in life in general is right. something I say a lot is, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's not the only one that's talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's really, really, really important. Um, I, this is a tangent, but I, I just shouldn't take too long. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about mental health and um, the holistic side of it, that it has physiological components, but also spiritual components. And they were talking about how uh, the doctor was uh, looking at something and he was talking to the patient that was seeing hallucinations and was describing it. And he, he said the doctor looked bored. So he asked him, he goes, oh yeah, this is really boring. This is really routine because everybody describes the same hallucination around the world they all describe it wow. and it's exactly the same wow. and he goes maybe he's like and i hear that it's like around the world it's a universal hallucination for this specific um mental illness he's like maybe there's a spiritual or demonic component yeah. behind that if it's identical yeah around yeah, he's, weird. Like, he's like every he's like every I mean, doctor he's like it's he's like it's so it's so rote for this uh um illness that we all just we know that that's the side effect is you see this huh i'm like that's kind of boggles mind. So we have to remember that there's more out there. And also just that our own minds kind of want what we want. And we're masters of... Confirmation bias. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, um, uh, justifying ourselves yeah. in our own actions. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's uh, that's my reason of being reserved um, in, that, in that sense, if that makes sense. I agree with everything Dan said, but... Honestly, a lot of times my prayer going into scripture is not like Holy Spirit point out to me the message of the day or, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm struggling with X problem, reveal to me solution to X problem. Um, oftentimes my prayer going into scripture is just supplication, mm. you know, like I'm not worthy to be here. And in your presence and reading your word, you know, like, mm. like I know what I should, where I should fall before the almighty. Mm. And I'm grateful that I can come to this, mm. you know, and I pray that as I'm reading this, I am approaching it with open heart and open eyes, mm -hmm. you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like there's obvious intervention of the Holy spirit there, you know, like, mm. but you know, I, I, I very much, I, you know, I, I, I kind of said it earlier, and you know, I've heard often like, oh, if you're having this problem, like just, if you're not, if you haven't opened up your Bible and, and you know, just flip to a page and, and put your finger down and, and read, mm -hmm. you know, like that, mm -hmm. I'm very against that. So like, when I, like even, you know, when I'm reading, you know, I heard this piece of advice a while ago and I, and I loved it, it was like, I try to avoid chapter headings or, or segment headings because mm -hmm. it, it, it it um skews 
what I'm about to excuse mm-hmm. my mindset into what I'm about to read to all right mm-hmm. well uh, you know you know Jesus feeds the masses all right well what I'm reading yep Jesus fed the masses mm-hmm. chapter headings correct and like that's what I took out of it instead of reading it um, and being like hey like I'm getting that but also I've noticed something else from it mm-hmm. um, you know I I really I try to go in with as open and blank a slate as I can mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to, to, again, to be able to glean something new or to, to mm-hmm. be open to, to, to chasing the rabbit of, okay, well, where's this cross-referenced and what's that mean and all that. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, I don't know if you've done this, uh, maybe you haven't, or maybe I want to know if you'd recommend it, but do you go open up scripture obviously maybe you have a place in mind but you want it to be revealed to you what the truths are yeah that that's uh, that's my struggle with the book of job mm-hmm. I, I i have no idea why the mm-hmm. book of job is a book that like it i read it and i'm like yeah job's friends are dead on and i'm like oh wait no they're not no they're not <laughs> whoops uh, I'm not, i mean i'm not supposed to be agreeing with those guys Mm. But they have a really and so like every mm. time I go to Job, like like I'm like like hey, I know my natural inclination is this. Reveal to me the wisdom yeah. that that okay. it, that is in here. All right, let's pause. Um, let's pause there. Yeah. Okay. So do you wait until you have that wisdom, or do you, if you have lo- logos, just go up there and read a commentary? Yeah, I do both. I mean, I I like like for. I mean, Job specifically is one that I'll do um, Bible projects um, video on, and then like I'll go in and I'll read it, and inevitably I'll still fall to my own um, opinion or thoughts on it, and then I'll be like, okay, well, and 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 that's one where I I don't really go by necessarily like chapter. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I thought that was a really good argument by friend number two. And then I'll like stop and I'll go into mm. software. Um, I usually use like Bible Gateway to like pull mm-hmm. up parallels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I'll, and and then mm-hmm. commentaries from there. Um, so I do, I do a little bit. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm answering your question though. No, you I mean you you are, but so you don't wait. Aside from commentary and doing your own research for the answers. Hmm. Uh, I don't get what like like, like I'm, I'm not waiting like yeah, yeah like, like yeah, I'm not waiting for there, like yeah. like yeah. I'm not sitting on that for like a week and at the end of the week uh, being until, like light bulb. until yeah until you're uh, what some people call illuminated to mm. yeah um mm-hmm. no uh sometimes I mean like I, I I wouldn't say like I sit there and I'm like that was challenging you know swipe over to my other apps and and mm-hmm. surf it uh, search it mm-hmm. surf it ooh. Um, but like, I, 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 I also don't just take the commentary as like, okay, cool. Like that's, you know, been put to bed. Like I can move on comfortably. Like that's where like, I kind of spend like the next days, weeks on, Mm -hmm. you know, depends on the significance, like Mm -hmm. turning it over, chewing on it, like, and struggling with it. And like, that's why I specifically mentioned Job. Like Job is very much Mm -hmm. a book that I personally, like some people just, get it and it's mm-hmm. good i'm someone who like i read job it's my most read book of the bible mm. i know that for a fact and i just i struggle with it still mm-hmm. because i very much am like every time 
I'm like, mm-hmm. Job's friends have a great point. Right. I would 100% be mm-hmm. Job's friends. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I remember instances where I am Job's mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. Um, and so, like, mm-hmm. those are things that I just, I sit on the commentary and I turn over and I think about and, you know, I, it's, yeah. That's something that, for me, as someone who I feel like is more towards the cessationist side, is like, this that side of things is actually way more opening up to um, God working than I think the other side does. I think they have a narrow, like, God's going to work in that moment that you're talking about, like, where the revelation pops in your mind, and that's where the Holy Spirit starts working. But to me, it's like, it's so, it would for me, it would be so woefully short if I thought that the Holy Spirit only worked when I was in silence or when I was like closing my eyes and waiting I, I feel like it almost bars from like the eastern mysticism of yeah. when you clear your mind that's when he speaks but otherwise it's you and not that the Holy Spirit's working at the same time when you're studying like there was someone that was talking or one of my preaching mentors that was talking about that of how you know it was really popular in the you know like woods of Kentucky to be like oh just get up there and let the Holy Spirit guide you when you're preaching. And he goes, well, you don't think the Holy Spirit was guiding me at all during my preparation? In the study, yeah. Or in the, like, yeah. you don't think that he's a God that can... And that, not, not that... to be, like, pedantic or anything, but it's like, was the Holy Spirit not present when Calvin was writing his commentary? Or when, mm-hmm. like, you know, the invention yeah. of the printing press? There's... Or when, wait, 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 wait. when Logos was compiled? or? But that, that's what I'm saying. Here's the clash. I, I, I don't think people really realize that here's the clash. Because you're saying that was the Holy Spirit there? God is present in the ordinary. But it wouldn't be ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no. No, yeah, if, I would... if the Holy Spirit, and I don't know exactly what way you mean, but this is, I think there's only one way for this to go. If the Holy Spirit's present in Calvin's writing and is dictating and, and leading Calvin's writing, that's not just writing. That's called, well, I scripture, scripture like... which means writing. So you don't, but you don't believe that scripture. Yeah. Okay, so you don't then believe that the Holy Spirit was really present. Incorrect. But and, and so here's the thing, like my question is in what way was the Holy Spirit yeah, present? Yeah, I think that there's a distinction between the way that uh Okay, I let let me let me say it three ways. Uh or maybe actually four Trinity. ways. Okay. Oh crap. Okay. So <laughs> quadrinity. Um the Holy Spirit was present in Peter when he preached at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And that is different than the way that the Holy Spirit was present in Luke when he was writing the book of Acts about Peter's sermon at Pentecost. And that's different than the way that the Holy Spirit is present with any pastor who preaches from Acts 2 written by Luke about Peter's sermon on Pentecost. Like, the Holy Spirit is present in all three um, iterations of the story and its recording and its communication Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that i'm not able to think that the writing of canonized scripture is categorically different Mm -hmm. than john MacArthur sitting in his Mm -hmm. study hand writing out a Mm -hmm. really good sermon Mm -hmm. and that the holy spirit is present with him but the holy spirit isn't a midas touch that everything it touches is holy scripture yeah you know and i think that's something that we want to think of as whatever what, what god's intending to do so if you're mm. saying, mm. if you're saying you're going to help, you know, Travis build, build a shed, mm. that's different than when you're saying, I'm going to sit down with a legal document and buy his house. Mm. You don't own his shed when you help him build it, right, right? but you own it when you sign that document. Yeah. So there's a different intention behind it, but you're still there for both yeah. of it and you're still working in both of it. Yeah. Y- yes. So that's but, how I would see that. Yeah. But what I would argue is that you get, there's for two of those, um, there's, 
you can explain how the Holy Spirit was there. For the third one, you can't. The pastor? Yeah. Be- because the, I, would, I would actually disagree that the Holy Spirit isn't like the minus touch. I think the way the Old Testament and New Testament is, is when God is present, like it's, it's not normal. And it's not ordinary. It's extraordinary. Where do you think you can go where God's not present? You can, you can, right. I, I understand what you're saying. Like God is yeah. present, observing everything, but not in the way that you're describing when it comes to. So, like, mm-hmm. if the pastor, if you're saying God is present with the pastor John MacArthur preaching, mm-hmm. you're saying that He is just as present there as with the Imam, also speaking about about Muslim doctrine. Which no. is just that he's there, but well, no, and I, and I, I know I'd you... say there's more than just two categories, though. What? Well, right? Okay, but I know that you're not saying that God is present with the Imam as he is with John MacArthur. I'm arguing that that's if you're just going to say that he's present, like he is everywhere. That's no, what you mean. But I'm not saying that he's I... present like he is everywhere. No, no, I know. I I I, mm-hmm. I know that that's your argument. But what I'm going to say is that you don't have an actual way to describe how the Holy Spirit is with John MacArthur, with John Calvin, when when Miguel is reading the scriptures. And that's why you guys are reserved about it. The, no, the, I think the Holy Spirit provokes us toward wisdom. Just like the Holy Spirit provokes us toward, you know, he bears in us the fruit of joy and of self-control and of love. Like, I, I think he bears wisdom and discretion in us so that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit can be present helping John MacArthur or, you know, John Piper or whoever your, your pastor of choices, uh, helping him exercise discretion in understanding his audience, the people that he's going to be preaching to over the coming week and, and, um, communicating to them, uh, the things that they need to hear. But you just need a brain for that. (laughs) You just need a brain if you want to do it to the best of your ability. But that's what we do. No. Yeah, 100. I'd say I'd say the Holy Spirit is going to bring to mind things like let's say illustrations that would be uh particularly helpful for someone in the congregation who is dealing with, you know, the loss of a loved one at that moment and the particular word, you know, the way that you say it is going to be um more poignant to them. And I would say that that's categorically different than the way that the Holy Spirit was present in the hand and pen of Peter as he wrote his epistles. Okay, you keep invoking the Holy Spirit, right? So yeah. again, we're not just talking about God generally, but an, an actual person of the of mm-hmm. God who has a particular work, right? Mm-hmm. And you're when you say you bring up an illustration again, that's just you using your mind. If it happens to be one taken one way or the other, that's the subjective interpretation. The person who's listening to you taking it. Because while one person is taking it that way, the other person might be bored out of their mind and fall asleep. That happens in church. What I'm saying is Luke, the reason you know that Luke was with the, the Holy Spirit was with Luke is because you believe his writing to be scripture. And you only believe that scripture is the writings that were inspired by God himself through the Holy Spirit. So that that's why you would say the Holy Spirit's with Luke. Otherwise, you would have to say his writing is not scripture. I wouldn't say that's the only reason the Holy Spirit was with Luke, because he was a Christian. He was sealed by the Holy Spirit, as Abs- the scriptures say. Ab- absolutely. I, I, and I agree. Yeah. And with Luke, not just his writings, but you can read from Paul how Luke was accompanying him through all these things. All these men definitely had the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but all these men can prove that. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. John MacArthur, if, John, if I believe that 
that John MacArthur, when he was preaching, the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, I would take it as scripture. Why not? But the Holy Spirit is speaking to him? Did I say that? Speaking through him. Did I even say that? You I said he you, was I think you said that the Holy Spirit was present with him as he was penning. Right, and, and so, again, so. like, if you don't want to say that, which is fine, Travis, again, how are you... That's why I'm saying you don't have a way in which the Holy Spirit is with John MacArthur. That's why we don't saying, trust him like we trust the scriptures. We're like, maybe what he's saying is right, maybe what he's saying is wrong, but with the Holy Spirit, you don't do that. And, and I think you would also take issue with the fact that there's no, you know, miraculous stamp of approval on MacArthur's ministry, whereas there is on Peter's ministry. Right. And, and, and I get that, but I'm, I'm not looking for those signs. Right. You know, and, and, and I'm looking for consistency. Yeah. But again, that's all subjective. No, no, no. It's just, it's, it's anarchy. No, it's natural. It's not a human being can be consistent, not a hundred percent consistent, but they can be consistent. And the only reason like, I'm bringing this up when we come back to reading the Bible is if you think that way where you're you're making you you believe that the holy spirit is present in a way that he's not that is going to get you in trouble and what i think what we have to come to terms with and i would argue this i'm not saying you guys would argue this but the reason why we have reservation and yet we want leadership the reason why we want to say that you know listen to calvin for wisdom but don't take him like it's the gospel truth. When he talks about infant baptism. <laughs> right. It's because the Holy Spirit's not there. Because the, the great thing about God and the Holy Spirit is like if he is there, you don't have to worry about error. That's why you trust scripture. Because the Holy Spirit was there. But if he's not there with Calvin and he's not there with and, MacArthur. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before about like you don't believe that, that spiritual gifts are exercised today. Where it's like you don't believe that anyone has the gift of preaching today. Because if they did then they at no point would say anything in their erroneous. Yeah. Yeah. When the, and when and this... I, I don't, I just don't buy that view, you know? Well, this goes back to how we read the Bible because the, the scriptures say that like the gift is a manifestation of the spirit. Mm -hmm. How does the spirit work in you? I think the one thing, if I'm hearing this correctly, the, you have like, Go ahead sorry, and say what the one, say the one through line that I can, I continually hear is that, the when the when you have when the spirit's present, it's completely authoritative and scriptural. Yeah, and so he's either there and it is, or he's absent and it's not. In in that way, yes. So yeah, my, I I feel like the 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 through line is, if the Holy Spirit's there, then that is as binding on every single person around as if it's scripture. And if he's not, and if he's not there, it's just our natural persons. That's kind of the sense that I'm getting or what I'm hearing. But I don't think that that's always the case. Cause what I was talking about is when God intends to write scripture, mm. he, the Holy spirit goes forward and isn't intending to do that. When he's intending to comfort someone, he comforts when he's intending to just convict someone of a personal sin. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's binding now on every single person around. Yeah. It's it's more personal. I think, uh, I think that's important to know the, the the spirit's work. And I think one of the reasons why I'm excited about this is I think we often neglect looking about who, what the who the spirit is and what he mm. does. So I think this is a good conversation to have because it's like I think I'm more foggy on this than I would want to be. Because I think we can oftentimes be like, oh, the spirit, yeah, that's that thing that just kind of hangs around. Um, and I think it's important to to tail nail down because all believers are said to be sealed and have the holy spirit so he's present with them always mm. 
but yet we do not believe that every single um, Christian is writing Scripture. Right, right, right. But they're being guided in some way by by the Holy Spirit because he's called the Comforter, the Guide, the one who leads to good things and convicts sin, but not in a way that's uh, scriptural or in, in, in or it's scriptural inspired. in the sense of like inspiring new scripture. Fallible. Yeah. Well, kind of going off what Dan said, and I might be way off the mark because I am in over my head, of course. Um, you know, I, I heard it said like, you know, the the Bible is written for the church, not for the individual. Mm. Um, you know, and, and as a member of the church, it applies to you versus these other writings. They might not be intended for the church. You know, they might be intended for the congregation or it might be intended for, you know, the, the scholars, but it might not be intended for the church as a whole, mm. you know. I don't want, I'll say this just because mm -hmm. it's related to mm -hmm. the topic, um, but, but I'm not trying to just have another rabbit hole. Um, mm -hmm. But I would, I would even go further and say not all the writings are for the church that you even have in the Bible. I mm -hmm. think they had, and this is something I wanted to bring up. I just mm -hmm. forgot what was one of the areas I wanted to go. Not, you know, some of the, we look at it as a collection because it is, but we mm -hmm. often think it's the same book in a sense like chapter one is really the genesis and the, the last chapter is revelation one these are all individual works mm -hmm. that have um a common theme in them in some way or the other but they're written in different styles they're written to different people at different times and so i would argue that some of these books fulfilled their purpose and they're no mm -hmm. longer necessarily beneficial when we talk about reading the bible if you go to mm -hmm. reading some of these books and you think like they're still applicable today in the mm. church, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. Mm. Um, so I, I'll say that and maybe we'll, we'll circle around back to that. Mm -hmm. the, for me, when I'm talking about the spirit, I, I, I mean it as a gifting, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, when, when I see through Old Testament and New Testament, when the spirit is dispensed or given, it is to to of uh, the benefit of a person or a you know the people of mm -hmm. God, and it does something that is humanly impossible. Whether that's a miracle, or whether that's teaching something about God in an infallible way, mm. we don't have that today. And the reason I know that we all agree with that is because we wouldn't have the reservations that we do if we actually believed we did have that today. If I believed that a pastor at a church had the gift of teaching. I don't look at the pastor and see his fallibility. You know, that's not a question. I see the gift of teaching as coming from God himself. And God is not fallible. So what comes from that gift is an edifying that can only come from God. He appointed the person to have the office and he appointed the person to have the gift. But it is God who is enacting the gift. It's not the person. That's why I don't agree with the idea of like, you have the sun and then like it's the moon who re reflects the light of the sun and then you get light still from the moon because nobody's benefited that way. You, you get a mixed bag of good and bad. And that's what you have in every church is a mixed, bad, a mixed bag of good doctrine and bad doctrine. And that's why we need to be on our toes to try to do as best as we can. And I'm not saying just relying on ourselves, but mm -hmm. God did give us a brain. You know, mm -hmm. we can discern to some extent. Mm -hmm. It's trying to, like you say, winnow out that false doctrine. But so, if, so God gave you a brain and you need to discern, right? Would you yeah. say that that brain was a gift? No. <laughs> no? Well, no, because... Can I ask a, a, oh, a, a, a 
uh, like a straightforward question on this one. Can you uh, can you understand scripture with just your natural brain? Ooh. I'm not trying to be uh, coy. I guess might be mm. the right word here. I I need to understand. I need to understand what you mean yeah. by understand, because like I think you can understand <laughs> motifs and what it says, yeah. but to adhere to it and believe it, like well, it's come from God, to see different. Christ as beautiful. And, yeah, yeah. I think you. And... I don't believe that that's just you. Boom. Yeah. There we yeah, go. That's good. But I think that's, I think that that's where it ends. I don't think, cause like, and I don't even say, I wouldn't even say that it's necessarily the Holy Spirit because who draws you to Christ? The Holy Spirit. No, the Father. Uh, none can come to the Son unless they're drawn by the Father. Yeah. You and say that the Holy Spirit versa. also Reveal convicts and impels and. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. and it, uh, this really is its own podcast when yeah. it's about the Holy Spirit. And I really, if yeah. you're excited, dude, I am well, we excited to do it because. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think it comes down to me with how how you're using the word gift. Like, I, I think my faith is a gift of God, but that mm. doesn't mean that my faith never falters. Mm. I think my health is mm. a gift of God, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that is, you know, that that means that my health will mm-hmm. never wind up failing me. Right, but you wouldn't say your health is a manifestation of God. Um, manifestation, I mean, yeah. depending on what you mean, I can see why you would say no to that. But it's right. like, it's a manifestation of the grace of God toward me. Yeah, I, I don't agree that, that I, I don't disagree, I mean, that, you know, these I things agree. are blessings and, and faith is mm-hmm. a gift, yeah. Ephesians yeah. 2, the grace. Thing. Yeah. Uh, but what Paul's talking about, like in 1 Corinthians 12, he mm-hmm. says these gifts, these giftings, uh-huh. that's why I rather call them, so we mm-hmm. differentiate the two, they're, they're the Holy Spirit manifesting himself. You can go to the Old Testament and you see that. The Holy Spirit, when it was given to Samson, and he said he was filled with the Spirit, he ripped a freaking gate out of walls and planted it somewhere else. This is inhuman. And that is a constant theme that you see from Old Testament. New Testament. In Acts, this is why I think a lot of people miss, but in Acts, when the Holy Spirit's given, the first time you see tongues and prophecy. Now, what people misinterpret is like, oh, everybody. No, it's this is just the Spirit mm-hmm. doing something mm-hmm. amazing to show you, hey, God's here. And then Peter says, this is to fulfill what Joel said, that I will pour out my spirit in those days mm-hmm. and these things will happen. So spirit being poured out, spirit being present means something, this is what I'm arguing, it means yeah. supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. If we're not seeing that, then then I would say, the reason I hesitate to call it the spirit is because I'm not going to invoke the spirit, which is uncommon, unordinary. It's something that's more precious than anything we could imagine. He's perfect. So that I would see that perfect, like a diamond, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't call it a stone. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, mm. you're not going to, I don't mm-hmm. know, do whatever you do with stones. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to sling it at someone. Yeah. Sling it at a giant. It's, it's precious. like when you invoke the spirit and you say the spirit's here and when men have done it in the past, mm-hmm. like there was a reason and that, that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just where I'm at right now. Yeah, man. no, no. I get and that. I, I would love to have the podcast with the yeah. spirit because I really like you said you're kind of fuzzy on that stuff like well i just think we don't spend a lot of time talking about him so you come and, next and, time. and i think that's one of the reasons like you're talking about he is a very precious gem that's given to all believers and we are ignoring him hmm. i think that's really what what you hmm. said that struck my heart is the yeah. fact that he's so precious and this is amazing gift that we should stop and like really be uh pondering and gracious of him like and he is here yeah. And he is poured on on all believers in a way that he wasn't in the Old Testament, which we should be astoundingly mm. praising and glorifying God Absolutely. for, and we just ignore it. 
Mm. Which mm. I think is which I think is that. But the other thing I do want to point out real quick is I like that because I think this is really helpful for how to read the Bible when you talk about the Bible being related. My hermeneutic is that the the entire Bible is one unified whole. Okay. And that kind of changes how you read it through. So I go to the Emmaus Road when Jesus taught the mm. disciples how to read Scripture. And I was like, man, if I could if I could go to that one place yeah. and be like, I don't want to, you know, be doing all like all I've I've heard how to read Scripture. Jesus, you tell me how to read it. Yeah. And he said, mm. everything in there is one singular thing pointing to me. Right. So that means that that all of these books that were all that kind of seem disparate and or or um, disjointed disjointed somehow they're all pointing to the same thing they're all having the singular purpose in it and so when you start to uncover that and it's a difficult discipline um i don't know for me the bible comes alive you're starting to see that the the vein of what's actually meant in scripture like what, mm -hmm. what the what the um flow of the text is like obadiah is not just about persons conquering their pride but it's about the coming judge mm -hmm. it's about that only god can only christ can alleviate our pride and, and grants to humility so I think that's something that I just wanted to bring up real quick. Mm -hmm. It's like a real, real quick over a bit, but man, that's a great place to go to study is, is biblical theology where they're talking about Christ and all of scripture, like Clowney and uh, um, Gratanus and all those guys. I would say heartily recommend for you to read um, just to see what you, I just want to see what you think. Yeah, no. That... Yeah. I, I think that's, that's super helpful to see because I get it. Uh, that's, I, that's where I would be like, Oh yeah, this doesn't seem to be like it's talking to us today. And a lot of dispensationals would take that that way that, you know, this is talking to Israel. So it's not talking to us, but to me it's like, Oh, it very much is. Yeah. And it was taught. It's talking to us more so than it's talking to the people of Israel. Mm. Uh, and I don't disagree with you. I think we're, uh, we're actually agreeing is the fact that you're saying that it's a difficult discipline to actually mm -hmm. understand like, where that yeah. thread is. That's right. Because if you take like a passage, mm -hmm. Right. Um, and okay, so I'll just take this because a lot of people take this passage anyway. So, and uh, I think it's Jeremiah twenty nine, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, twenty eleven. Yeah. That's where you get the no. I know the plans I have. For right, you. and uh, you can personalize it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, it's still for the church, and it's still about Christ, maybe in some way, but maybe not. Maybe this mm -hmm. particular passage is is said, and mm -hmm. it was done, it was fulfilled, and that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, yeah, there are some passages. I would say a lot of passages or books are fulfilled. Yeah. It still points to Christ, right. but unless yeah. you have like the New and Testament, some of how it points to Christ is it just points to the character and nature of right. God, and Christ is God. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, my read would be a little bit stronger that okay. the the actually intended prophecy is Jesus, and the other one is a mm. side. Mm. So okay, right. Bab so Babylon is substance a, and shadow. So yeah, so Babylon mm. is point. It was meant to um, point for Christ is the substance of Babylon. That was right. just that was the entire reason God did that was to point to. Right. Jesus. Mm. The reason that he moved, brought them through the Exodus was to point to Jesus, not the mm. other way around. Yeah. Um, let me give you, let me give you another example of what I mean, because I think we actually do agree. Is like yeah. when when people uh, go to the law and still try to apply it mm. for today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, or they'll go to prophecies that weren't necessarily explained in the New Testament, and they try to explain it today. You know, like mm -hmm. oh, this is our world. Uh, this dragon I, means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I so it's like really. that. That's that's what I mean. But yeah, definitely there is a theme, and that's why these all yeah. these books are there. That's right. You know, and they're all yeah. pointing. So I think we agree. I just want to clarify. I, that makes more uh, the clarification was helpful. That yeah. makes more sense because there are things that are not operative. Is not the right word I'm looking for, but that's the best I can get to. Like we're not practicing kosher laws. 
right, there's right. something mm. there's something that changed yeah, that's right yeah. that's good this is a good talk so we're all yeah, gonna read agreed. uh john owen's new mythology no Oof. Over the next boss. i need to that's Ooh, my ne- that's my next one on my list it's all right biblical theology uh, i will say probably the most consistent thing that we do on this podcast is say things we're going to talk about on the next one and then <laughs> totally ignore that for the next podcast. We'll get it there. We're kicking it down. <laughs> kicking the can down the road. We've got, we've got years ahead of us. Um, <laughs> years. you got to come back, Dan. I will be. It's been too long. You will be. That's a, that's a statement. Yeah. Not very specific, but... Uh, <laughs> and, and, and coming off the heels also, of, we always say that we'll do this next podcast. Ooh, Dan, Dan, then say, I will be here for the next one. Does not bode well. Ah. All right. Well, also, well. when the spirit leads me, I'll be <laughs> <in the laughs> Yes. Infallibly. That's, that's All right. Love you guys.